0: Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! Gotta crack a cold one. Yeah.
1: Crack a cold with the boy?
0: With the boy? Oh, I got something about the word boy.
1: Oh, Are you gonna give me your no, long No, 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 yeah, no, no, boy, no, 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 ever. not that
2: bad.
1: Are you gonna give me your long yeah, boy, ever? Mm. <laughs>
0: Listener homies, welcome back to the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. What's poppin'? I'm Edward. How you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing killer. Good. Obviously, you know the format. I'm sure like the little, or like loyal listeners, you might know the format by now.
1: So, bruh, what's the, how's your day been going? Oh, day's been chill. I finished up uh, documentary notes today. I started taking them. No, I, I uh, did the them like today, too. <laughs> I, I started doing them a few days ago, um, and it was, it was really smooth. Every time I watch a documentary now, I'm worried that it's going to be just as infuriating as the set as the second uh, decline of Western documentary where I'm just like, oh, man, fuck this. Fuck this, this. might I think that might have been an anomaly. I think that was the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Um, so this was a very chill watching experience. I liked it. Uh, I, I, you know, notes went smooth, um, had some bacon and eggs. And then I came over here.
0: Yeah, no, I freaking, how my my day was, I woke up, I was like, all right, I'm going to chill and watch an episode of DuckTales, then take a shower. But then I saw Vice on their YouTube upload, like, the first half of Brian Pillman's Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, I saw that, too. So I'm like... Okay, maybe I'll watch, half, like, 20 minutes of it and then, like, do a thing. I'm like, nope. I decided to watch, like, the whole thing. <laughs> because it was like, you know what? Honestly, it's pretty fucking sick. And Dark Side of the Ring is a pretty fucking sick series, which, oh, hey. remember? I think after this, we're going to try to, like, review the up-to-date episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, like, each week as it comes out. So, yeah. That will be the next thing we'll be reviewing after this documentary. And maybe... The next episode, we'll try to do jump into Rock of Love too. But if it's too much work, fuck Brett Michaels. Yeah, I rather him. like w- let review wrestlers' tales of triumphs and extreme failures.
1: These Vice documentaries are really cool.
0: Oh no, they're fucking awesome. No, dude, the Brian Pillman was pretty good because obviously it's like, yeah, shit. Well, yeah, shit was fucking tragic with freaking Brian Pillman and stuff. But they like they're pretty much. Good. it's also talks about his life. It's like pretty much a biography about his life too
1: i know we've talked about this multiple times um you know in person off uh, off recording but we, i don't think we've ever said it on the podcast when they debuted the montreal screwjob one my initial reaction was like another one same thing with the andre the giant one no that was an hbo thing but whatever the vice one yeah Um uh, uh, montreal scribe i'm like i'm like bro we know everything there is to know about it but i'll, I'll say this before i'll say again the best fucking part is the last like 10 minutes where it's just vince russo and jim Cornette going fuck you fuck you back and forth yeah but that's yeah no
0: it's really them going fuck you fuck you but it's just like dude at this point it's like after that's like i might as well just throw in like the hour and 20 minutes of like the compilation of jim Cornette like freaking murder boner rants towards Friggin' Vince Russo that you can find on YouTube. Oh my god, dude! It's the most therapeutic thing, just hearing Cornette scream his pure hatred for Vince Russo.
1: And, and you don't understand, people. It's like actual, literal, one hundred percent hatred. It's he hates this man. Uh, he hates him, and I think he said a couple times if he ever sees him in person, he'll try to kill him. I think. Yeah. It's insane. Now, Vince Russo fires back once in a while, too. But for the most part, he just kind of ignores Jim Cornette. He tries to ignore Jim. He tries to ignore Jim Cornette, ignore Jim Cornette but it's... And then, like,
0: he's like, bro, why are you so serious about wrestling? It's wrestling, bro. Cornette's yeah. like, this is my livelihood in my life. And you, like, disgrace everything I do. I think Vince so Russo... Fuck you. I think
1: Vince Russo's philosophy, design philosophy was literally something to the effect of... <clears throat> The real entertainment of value, uh, entertainment value of wrestling comes from the storylines, bro. The characters. You gotta. Uh, there's too much of a focus on the in-ring action. It's about storylines and characters, bro. That that was his. Uh, that was his idea.
0: Yeah, but speaking of the Montreal screwdro- screw draw, uh, Montreal screw draw, the Montreal screw job. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and obviously, remember, listeners, there is, there is timestamps. Timestamps. If, if you ever want to just go straight to the reviews. But I also got my second COVID shot this week earlier, too. Oh, nice. And fuck, that fucking whipped my ass for two days.
1: No, I, I don't doubt. I don't doubt. That's what that's what I've heard from people that have gone. Yo,
0: it. I literally got it. And like the day after in the morning while I was trying to head to work and stuff, I literally was like, you know what? I'm not feeling too bad. Mm-hmm. And like literally at work, there's freaking like fever sensors to walk in to like get into like the main like area and stuff, too. And like I passed through those just fine. But around fucking lunch, <laughs> shit took a fucking dump on me. Like, I was casually feeling it as it went. But after lunch, it was like, dude, fuck. I feel, like, fucked up and shitty. I can't really feel my body. I just need to lay down. But I'm kind of stuck here. And, like, I'm like the other guy that got his COVID shot yesterday, he's out today. So it's like, I at least got to try to, like, do, like,
1: my main shit. But, oh, fuck, I feel, like, bad. <laughs> Did you feel like the, everyone I've talked to said when they get the shot, it feels like there's just this big, giant pain in, the, in in the arm you get it in. Like, it just hurts for days after.
0: Well, not days after. Like, obviously, it's like with the shot in the shoulder, it's like, yeah, it's sore or whatever. But here's the thing. It was fucked up with B because it's like I got a fucking fever. Then I got a really bad headache. And then my body got, like, freaking dist- like disconnected. jointed for me. What's up? Uh... We're going to pause for a second. Yep. All right, listeners, we're back as we got awesome news. We get to
1: move fucking rehearsal spaces. Yay. I need a bigger room. Woo. Fuck yeah. All right. Awesome. Fucking finally. Well, you, you no one knows what this room, this small ass room we're in, looks like. But let me try to explain it to you. Picture your closet. And not that much bigger.
0: OK. OK. Some people have some small closets.
1: That's true. That's true. Okay. Imagine the size. Take of, of your take your room. Yes, and cut that in half. Yes, that's basically what we got. They literally Maybe call a this small. place the drum closet, and there is barely enough. The drum set we have, which is literally just like, um, it's three cymbals, a hi hat, a tom, a floor tom, kick drum, and snare. That alone takes up almost half the room. Almost. It's it's small in here, bro.
0: Oh yeah. But now then, back to my thing, (laughs) because I was telling you about my COVID. Like literally, like dude, I felt like disc, like disc, freaking jointed. Like dude, I just was just like, I felt like a steam noodle walking around, and like the fucking fever was killing me and stuff. So basically, I just went home. I just took two Melatonin gummies. And I'm just fucking clonked the fuck out. I didn't fucking care what in the world and whatnot. Like, literally I'm, like, getting there. And, like, my landlords are, like, that I live with are telling me, like, oh, yeah, the freaking new peeps, they're going to come in. Like, well, we made, like, banana bread, and they really want you to have some. And I was like, cool, whatever. Fucking i munched on it. I'm like, whatever. And it's fucking just clonked the fuck out. And, dude, fucking the worst, like, the fucking, like, next day, because I was feeling better, but I did not want to try to fucking go to work. Like, I think I went through work, tried to, do like, work through the worst of it. But when I fucking woke up, I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking doing this. This fucking sucks. (laughs) And, like, I got better as the day, but the fucking worst thing is that I felt fucking the sharpest pain in my shoulders. Like, both of them. And, like, one, like, my right one's like, yeah, it's surgery on it. I can imagine that. But the left one, too, it's like... It's sucked like to fucking, like, lay down and sleep. And that's, like, one of the best things you could do. It's like, fuck. I just feel like I'm in the worst fucking pain right now on my shoulders. Like, I was able to fucking, like, actually be home. And that day, like, I literally was just chilling. And I just fucking, like, I saw that friggin', like, the episode of the Montreal Screwjob from Dark Side of the Ring was up on YouTube. Like, fuck yeah, bro. I'm just gonna throw this on. Yeah. But then whereas it's going on, it's like... Well, fuck it. Let me see if fucking Wrestling with Shadows is on, is up on YouTube. And yeah, there's a fucking like Wrestling with Shadows. I'm like fuck it. I'm gonna watch this one. If you don't know what Wrestling with Shadows, with it's called like Hitman Heart, Wrestling with Shadows, and it literally follows him around like the late of his like n- basically the end of his friggin WWE career. Like literally, they cast the fuck a day of the Montreal job. It was first supposed to end at like Canadian Stampede. Where it was like the all big like happy family stuff. But the documentary crew was still hanging around. It's like, oh, hey, let's just catch a little bit here. And they caught the whole fucking Montreal screw drop without even realizing it. Like literally you don't see it, but you hear audio of fucking like Brett hanging out talking to Vince. Vince is straight up lying to his face about not screwing him. Yeah. And then fucking like you also get a shot of, like you get to see freaking Vince after getting drilled in the face by Brett's fist. Oh, what's like, that? Right look like right after. What's that look like? You see a big man with like oversized fucking an oversized suit just freaking like Walking around like a freaking wet noodle
1: <laughs> and stuff,
0: too. Like, I, I don't know if there was audio. I can't remember. I kind of was crashing out
1: near the end of it. I saw this weird... Pe- I forgot to want to tell you, but since you brought it up, I saw this, like, weird video clip that, like, showed up on YouTube, Like appara- like, apparently a long-ass time ago. It's, um... It said Brett talking to Sh- asking Sean about the screw job, but it was taken like the video was taken like that night and it's back in the locker room. Yeah. That's off
0: that documentary. Oh,
1: that's where that's from. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then like Sean's like, yeah, no, Brett, I didn't fucking
1: know he was going to do that. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, oh. yeah, He was like, I have no fucking idea. Oh, he fucking hand knew. to God. I don't fucking know. And then Brett, you can just tell Brett does not believe him Oh no,
0: at <laughs> all. No, no. It's like a little
1: kid there too. Yeah.
0: No, uh, no. Like if you like dive deep into like everyone talk about Sean knew. Yes. Sean knew and friggin' did Earl Hebner know. Oh, yeah, he knew. That's well, right, actually, he kind of didn't know. He was just like told by Vent. No, he was told by fucking which whatever Briscoe brother. That was like that was one of the Stooges. Mm-hmm. Was it Jerry?
1: I thought it was Gerald.
0: Gerald. So, yeah, Gerald Briscoe, like literally this is in the freaking dark side of the ring of Earl Hubner talking about where literally Risey's about to go to the match. Gerald Briscoe just gives him a freaking death grip on his arm. And it's like you're going to listen to Mr. McMahon and what he's going to say tonight. You're going to ring the bell when Sean puts on the sharpshooter on Brett. Do you understand? And he's like, I can't do that. I can't screw. You. It was like, well, this is your job. If you don't do your job, you're fired.
1: See, that's interesting because I remember an old friend of ours said once that Earl Hebner put out his own shirt one time. Yeah, it, I think. But that it was a damn right. I did it. But that's like way after that's after it's like 2012 or 14. He did that. But yeah, I, just yeah, I think he was, was
0: trying funny. to be cute and fucking TNA or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And that's really fucking dumb trying to make some cash off that. But whatever. Or maybe he did some freaking stunt like in TNA. That was like he did a job stunt there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I watched like that. And then I went and watched the Dark Side of Rain because I wanted freaking here like freaking Jim Cornette and Vince Russo just freaking have a cock fight in the end. And then also see Bret Hart look like freaking like Stu Hart in his age because <laughs> I like you see like no because it's like you go watch wrestling with shadows and you see like Stu Hart just walking around and stuff it's like bro how does Brett look like him obviously there's like a younger picture of Stu Hart where it's like bro that just looks like Brett with, that like, looks look, like but... Brett
1: right yeah but
0: now it's like Brett's looking really looking like Stu Hart and stuff he's looking like he's crunching down a little bit and getting a little bit wider but dude the, one of the best parts of freaking wrestling with shadows is one of Brett's brothers talking about like oh yeah I remember like Stu was just torturing this one dude one time and since like a lot of the piping goes in through the like dungeon, you can hear the screams. And we actually like got a freaking audio recorder or video recorder and like freaking like tape the freaking audio and you just hear like some dude screaming, ah, ah, ah. And you just hear us like strap some slaps and smacks, and it's like, Yeah, some discipline. Yeah, some discipline. <laughs> yeah, some discipline. <laughs> oh man. Ah, ah, ah!
1: Oh man, that's funny.
0: Yeah, so that's like something worth watching. And fuck, we might review it too for maybe our 50th episode. That was an idea I had. Make Edward watch that shit.
1: I mean, I don't mind watching wrestling stuff. I love wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's fucking better than watching Brett fucking Michaels or this like goofy fucking rocker shit. Oh, Lord. But yeah, no, I watched that and like literally it's like, I, but my fucking like second COVID shot, dude, I had the fucking worst pain in my shoulders and stuff. That was, I kind of just made it suck to lay down. But that day off, I was able to call off work. I was able to finally fucking finish off my mixes for my death metal band, Corpse Thrower. Yeah. And it's like, oh, sweet. done. We got art. We got tunes. All right. We dropping this shit. And then it's like nah, bro, fucking the guy that we're going to have help press tapes for us. He's like, no, nah, don't drop it yet. You got to wait till like pr- when like tapes are like nearly in and stuff and then drop. it. I'm like, dude, what a fucking cock tease. Oh. I fucking rushed to fucking like.
1: Well, that's the idea. This out.
0: And I'm just like, fuck, dude. It's like, oh, we're finally now in this PR bullshit. Fuck. Fuck me, this fucking baloney fucking assery. Ah! Well,
1: no, that's the idea. You tease people, leave them wanting. That way, when you drop the music, there's all this hype.
0: Yeah, but I fucking hate doing that. Fucking hype for my band? That's not like, yeah, sure. Like, there's going to be that much hype. Fuck no. It's better just to drop it and just let it do its thing. Well, no, but if you add hype to
1: it, then it does even more.
0: Yeah, but I don't have that big of an audience. So it looks dumb.
1: Well, that's true.
0: It looks really dumb. So, But this is just like, fuck, now we got to wait? Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> it's uh. like, we just want to drop it now. It'd be fucking sick and sexy. But no, we're finally like, actually doing a little bit of the fucking like, oh, no, no, no. We got to like wait till tapes are in and then drop it around that time. It's like, yeah, like anyone's going to give a fuck if like if that all happens at once.
1: Oh, someone might. And someone like what? Two or three. Hey, that's two or three lifelong fans, man. That's
0: like two or three that like might be worth it, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. <laughs> I think two or three would just be fine with us dropping the
1: tune, so they got something to listen to. <laughs> the only other thing I've been watching this week is just I've been uh, I'm taking the journey you took, and I'm going back through our inspire our biggest inspiration for podcasts, Brian and Vinny's oh. uh, retro raw reviews.
0: So, are you, like, doing it, like, from, like, the, like, late 96 when they actually started doing both the shows?
1: I just listened to the Nitro ones. Like, I I started from the first Nitro, and then I went to, uh, and then I went to that. Yeah. And, yeah, because, you know, I know they had some good moments yelling about old school Raw, but I don't know. To me, just... I started that first episode where they really did it and it just instantly clicked back in the place I'm like like of of listening to them for like the last few years or whatever uh, when they did that and it's just just Brian hates everything, Vinny Vinny hates life. They get hype once in a while. Craig's there. It's just I think Brian and Vinny are at their best when they do the retro reviews. It's just peak everything I love about them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like the fucking retro stuffs really could be really sad or be really silly and bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. All those
0: weeks, I remember going through 97 because it's like I kind of was like, I kind of just did like, I was like, kind of got lit into like in around like later 98 or so. Mm hmm. Or like early 99. It's when like I was like picking it up and then like did follow that weekly by weekly. But then I like started like late 97, like right after the screw job and stuff. Yeah. But then it's like, you hear Brian and always talk about, like, dude, 97 was, like, the best year for freaking WWE. 97 was, like, the best year. It's like, okay, I'm going to go listen to 97. And, yeah, it's a pretty fucking entertaining... It's a pretty interesting, entertaining year. It's insane. Like, obviously, like, all the stuff that made WWE big was, like, they had, like, one sick thing and everything else kind of fucking suck.
1: But that one sick thing was super fucking awesome. Dude, it's... And Brian says it word for word. It's insane just how much stone cold steve austin just changed the fucking game like you always hear about how stone cold saved that company and just bro it's the truth it really is the truth
0: it's, well here's the thing because like 97 because like it didn't just like well it pseudo happened like overnight maybe when like they switch but literally it was the build-up because here's the thing, beginning of 97 stone cold's the fucking heel and brett's trying to be a good guy which you could see in wrestling with shadows But the thing about Stone Cold, it's like, yeah, he's a heel and, like, tries to, like, just does, like, shitty, like, stuff It beats the crap out of everyone. But he never backs down from a fight. And literally by the time, like, him and Brett, like, did their, like, friggin', like, double turn, which it wasn't really much of a double turn. Everyone hated Brett. (laughs) And people loved Austin. So, friggin', yeah, boom. They, like, switched. And then, like, Austin, like, him and, like, Austin's fighting off the friggin', like, heart, like, the friggin' heart foundation and shit. And stuff too. Cause you just think Austin led the was like the leading US team in like Canadian Stampede. Yep. And obviously like Brett was still treated like a god in Canada. Oh dude, yeah. That's the thing about wrestling with shadows, it like opens up as a like, yeah. See, I'm, see, I'm trying to do, uh, I'm just going to say, uh, yeah, I went to like an Indian school and stuff. Like it was like, Indi- yeah, he went basically like Brett goes to like India or something like this elementary school and like this whole like auditorium of children just like treat him like he's a fucking God. <laughs> but the next shot, you just see him just walking down an empty freaking like hotel, like hallway to his room. And I'm just like, yep. Even God's got to like, go do this shitty walk. Yep. But, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, but freaking Austin was like leading, was like one of the main dudes leading against the Heart Foundation. Cause like freaking Sean was just, Sean was just being shitty. Yeah. And Sean was really shitty and stuff too. But eventually, yeah, no, once like all the Brett drama and Vince started getting up and they brought on Mike Tyson to bring eyes and stuff and like freaking Sean and DX were just like this like annoying piece of shit and like Stone Cold was just on fire. Like he's stunning and freaking like Vince. So he doesn't care. Like literally once like that after that WrestleMania 14, it's like boom, it switched, and literally the biggest draw was like Austin, and freaking McMahon, and you can talk about The Rock or like Triple H all that stuff too, but literally the like Rock was just more part of Vince McMahon. Yes, it literally was like what made like freaking that like Attitude Era like the biggest thing because everything else fuck it sucked. What, you want the fucking Bariquas and DOA and all that fucking shit
1: or like uh, or the Ro- well, I was gonna make fun of uh, I was gonna make fun of the New Age Outlaws, but I mean they. They, they were popular. Yeah,
0: but, like, th- that fucking version of DX, we were still, like, a bunch of dorks and stuff. Well, they were, like, obviously, like, the freaking Sean and Hunter. Like, the first one was Sean, Hunter, China, and, like, Rick Rude for, like, a month. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, is, like revealing that sounds like it was Rick cool. Rick Rude. Yeah. It was, like, that sounded like it was kind of cool. But then, fucking, when it was just, like, Triple H and all the other people. like, yeah, they were, like, popular and stuff, too. At times, a lot of their segments just like, dude, they just come off like total fucking dorks. Yeah. Like at least Sean, when he came off dorks, can also come off really serious and you can actually like take him legit. Hunter's just like being annoying. But literally, it's like it's Stone Cold and Vince. That's what fucking like helped like WWE become fucking billionaires.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know what's weird? I see people retroactively trying to place the Attitude Attitude Era success on The Rock. And I think you know because of how famous he is now. And don't get me wrong; I would never say Dwayne Johnson didn't play a part. I would I would say he's one of the biggest parts. But he's top five. He's not top three or two. It's literally, it's literally. Stone Cold, then McMahon. And then number three. Here's the thing
0: about 97, Stone Cold and Brett was the driving thing. 98 yeah. to 99, Stone Cold and McMahon. Yeah, there was like The Rock and Mankind. If like, There's me, programs yeah. like that too. If but- you ask
1: me, The Rock didn't become a main pillar until the year 2000.
0: Yeah, it was like yeah, and that's because Stone Cold had a freaking like. Remember, he got hit. He got hit by a fucking car by Rikishi. By Rikishi, yeah, yeah. So then, like, literally, it's by like Roman well, Reigns dad. All we got's freaking like. No, the Uso's dad. Yeah, no, it's like well, all we got's fucking The Rock and like Triple H. So I guess like they were pushed because remember the WrestleMania 2000 freaking main event was like the four McMahon's. Yes. Like each of their persons was just ended up just being Hunter and fucking like The Rock. Yes. Oh, and 2000 when it helped too was like freaking Hunter. Angle and Stephanie's love triangle. That was an awesome that story. Was too. great. So fucking Hunter freaking like, nope, we can't allow this to happen. This might take me down away. <laughs> and it's like, you just ruined a fucking perfectly fine story.
1: I love Triple H when it comes to NXT, but everything else, I hate him.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he's the fucking worst. And then literally, yeah, once Stone Cold came back to like, to like freaking WrestleMania, like 17 and stuff, then I was hype. But literally, it was like 97, 98, 99. And stuff was mostly all Stone Cold versus freaking McMahon.
1: Exactly, and and that's what
0: helped. Like, and then like, yeah, there was The Rock and Triple H to like kind of like because The Rock was able to like still be entertaining all that stuff
1: too. I go so far as to say I don't think there's a better feud in wrestling than McMahon versus Stone Cold.
0: That's literally was the only. That's the biggest thing. It literally all revolves around Stone Cold versus McMahon. Like you could say The Rock and all that stuff too, but it's literally it's like no, all of that was still Stone Cold versus McMahon.
1: Exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could think of some great feuds in wrestling, past, present past and present but like bro and like the you, rock how, is, how do you beat that nuclear level of reaction yeah like the
0: rock is great but i don't know it's like dude he's not like
1: he's a deceptively good wrestler i've seen some of his older matches like when he used to wrestle jericho a lot pretty good wrestler better talker and personality than a wrestler but yeah. like you know yeah
0: i know but it's like i like, like Bri- stone
1: cold actually has like some good wrestling ability I oh mean, no
0: stone cold's great and yeah. here's the thing about that wrestlemania 17 match too Freaking like freaking Stone Cold and The Rock.
1: Oh, the heel turn.
0: Yeah, the heel turn. It also was like The Rock kept on doing like Bret Hart's moves, and at times felt like this was like supposed to be the third match of like Stone Cold versus Bret that never happened.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: So there was like a lot of that too. Is it? Is mostly just Stone Cold and Vince. That's was the fucking biggest thing. Yeah. You would hear anything on television? And it was like everything else kind of fucking sucks. Yeah, man. Except Stone Cold and Vince. And yeah, there's like Mankind. He was doing some stuff. If we're too. talking
1: strictly about WWF, of yeah. Course. I mean. WCW had something cool but I I really would say they didn't have a feud I'm talking feuds they probably had I would Goldberg might have been bigger than Stone Cold cause, cause but, here's uh, the thing like yeah the or N-O- Sting we gotta remember
0: NWO was the hottest fucking thing and in, that helped in wrestling like, yeah from 96 97 98 <laughs> but obviously 98 was the switch and the NWO Sorry, and the NWO just took a fucking
1: shit. They took a dump because literally
0: the worst thing about the the best thing about the NWO is like, dude, everyone wanted to watch them get beat.
1: Yep, but they never got fucking
0: beat. Yep, and that's what fucking took a shit on them. And then it was like insane booking, and then fucking yeah, WCW just yeah. fucking took a shit.
1: God, I love wrestling. You know what I don't love? Iced Earth.
0: Oh, oh.
1: Well, I just. figured I guess we're here now. I guess I, I didn't want to trust me. I could talk about wrestling forever, but you do have death metal to jam and we do have we do have Mr. John Schaefer to get through before we get to this pretty cool documentary. Son of a fucking bitch. So this album. Fuck, bro. Fucking Ister. Let me get the timestamp. But just go. Just fucking go. This album is called. um, uh, What is it called? It's called. uh, The uh, Crucible of Man. Something wicked. This way comes part two. Um I guess originally it was going to be called Revelation Abomination. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: Crucible Man's a better title. <laughs> Revelation Abomination's like good play on words, but
1: that's pretty fucking bad. Revelation. That ab- sounds like a fucking PS1 fucking like <laughs> game that like was really shitty. Revelation Abomination, something wicked part 2. So uh, apparently most of this album was written and recorded At the same time that they were writing and recording Framing Armageddon, the first part. Now, this album has a little bit of sentimental value to me. Because there's the thing when the freaking
0: longtime singer Matt Barlow's back. Yes.
1: And honestly,
0: it was fine. I thought it was sick, if anything. Like Ripper was cool, but it's like I think Ripper helped give us a break and Barlow came back and he was on it.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,. This album has some sentimental value. I mean, this was this this wasn't the first Ice Earth album I bought uh listened to, but it was the first one I bought. And it was the new one that was out when me and James here were in high school. The new ish. Yeah. New-ish. Yeah, the next one. The next Ice Earth album wouldn't come out until like twenty like fourteen or something. No, 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 no,
0: Dude, It had to be like twenty twelve at least. Let me see. twenty twelve at least.
1: No, Dystopia was twenty eleven and uh yeah, and then Plagues of Babylon the next one was um um was Plagues of Babylon in 2014, which according to the Wikipedia page, half of the album Wait, when was Dystopia? Dystopia was 2011.
0: Oh yeah, so I was off one year.
1: Yeah. Bruh. <laughs> Apparently we have this to look forward to when we get to Plagues of Babylon, half the album is focused on the something wicked concept, while the other half are self-contained. Whatever that means.
0: Oh cool.
1: But yes, Crucible of Man. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember liking this album as a kid, so let's see how it holds up. Um I will well fuck it.
0: You just go. What's the first song, bro?
1: I just realized I'm sorry, this is a 13 year old record. I listened to this album and by the time I listened to it, it was in like da-da-da. so yeah, I heard this album like eleven years ago, bro. That's crazy. Track one's called Sacred Flames. It's a minute and a half intro track. Um, there's not as many of those. Actually, I think this is the only track that's about a minute on this song. Everything else is two minutes and above. There, there's there, one praise about this album. It's not nineteen fucking songs. Oh, thank God! And it's that, actually shorter. It's it's if, under an hour, right? Fifty nine minutes and four seconds. Yes, I think it's barely. It's fifty nine minutes though. I know that much. Yeah, it's pretty with acoustics and choirs. Heavy guitars, feels big and epic. Whatever, same shit. It's about to build into the next song. For some reason, in Spotify, this track has a has a little E under the name that signifies it has explicit lyrics. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. Whatever. So what's the fucking second song? Behold the Wicked. Uh, Yeah. Barlow's back. He sounds good. It's fast paced. There's some cool little interludes. Yes, he came back from trying to be a police officer <laughs>
0: after the events of 9-11.
1: Yeah. Um... Barlow's backing tracks for some reason. Uh, I always thought this since I first heard it sounds a little like Paul Stanley at times when he goes like high-ish. The chorus is good. Verses are good. It's pretty good. Ends with a cool fade out of the lead guitar playing the chorus. Track three is Minions of the Watch. It's two minutes. So I think it's a transitional track, but there's vocals, but it like feels like an actual song. Uh, I don't really know the plot. I'll be honest, but the song sounds cool. Yeah. Track four is called The Revealing. It's your basic power metal stuff. You know, high end, tail end on the guitar. So yeah, you the usual Ister Yeah, I'm listening to Barlow sing and am I crazy? Did it sound like to you that Barlow was trying to emulate Ripper a bit? Like not sound like Maybe him. Maybe
0: that's why I liked it a lot. Like vo- I was like, I don't know <laughs> why.
1: I like his voice a lot.
0: It Maybe sounded, he was yeah. trying to push himself to be like Ripper. It
1: sounded like Ripper's... Like vocal structure style, very uh, very aggressive, is what I mean. Uh, yeah, this this song's about a boy Messiah, as he says. Boy Messiah leads in the track five called "Gift or a Curse," first ballad on the album. I remember liking this one a lot as a kid, and I think I still like it. I didn't know this though. Uh, apparently, Schaefer sings co-leads on this track. I couldn't tell when he sang, but. Apparently he sang on it. Maybe he had the Paul Stanley voice. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Uh, yeah, it's nice. I like the secondary percussion in the background. It was cool. Uh, track six is Crown of the Fall, and It's just under three minutes. Not much to say. It's not bad, but it's just kind of there. Track seven is called The Dimension Gauntlet. You think that's like the Infinity Gauntlet?
0: I don't know. Uh, fucking was he the main writer for the past MCU like freaking like overarching story, bruh? Or was he just trying to like write freaking power metal riffs and then decide to hang out with Alex Jones?
1: Um, it turns into like you know power thrash metal at some point power after the intro. Metal. The album was uh, I wrote here the album was getting boring at this point for me, but then I realized while I'm reading this, this is the sixth song. That's not a good sign. That is not a good sign. It Wasn't a bad song. It just didn't. It just didn't grab me. I, I, I wrote here. There's this one part where, some of like Barlow's like acting. You could call it when he's reading these lines, make me chuckle. Like I've walked this earth for a thousand years. Cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. Continuing on. Track eight is "I Walk Alone." This was always my favorite off the album. I just, and all these years later, yeah, it's, it was. It's still one of the only Ice Earth songs that really like stayed stayed with me. I know it's cool. I am the truth, and I walk alone. It's good. Track nine is, and at this point, I was like, fuck, why are there seven more songs? (sighs) Harbinger of Sorrow. I mean, Fate. Harbinger of Fate. It's another ballad. I guess at this point, Schaefer's mastered the craft of the ballad. Or at
0: least he's got the idea how to do like a solid ballad.
1: Yeah. Matt's overacting in, in his singing is hilarious, but still awesome. The solo was nice. I actually want to point out the guitar solos on this album were uh, they were pretty on point. Pretty good. Um, Let me see here. My yeah. Next, what is I up have,
0: with the next song?
1: Uh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Crucify the King. Oh, like Jesus. I get it. Mm. It's this is weird. mid. Not weird. It's this mid-paced heavy song. But it, I wrote here. I feel like I heard the riff for this song on the last album. Maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe I heard it off of this album. I don't know. I just know this this song sounded like a song I've heard him write before. I just know Barla hits a couple of gnarly high notes here and it sounded cool. Hey, can you I guess you really can tell that they recorded this at the same time as the other one. Uh, track eleven. I'm gonna be honest. I zoned out a bit, and I didn't even know notice that this was a new song when it started for about half a minute. I think
0: that's been a lot of Ice Earth we've been listening to.
1: It's called Sacrificial Kingdoms. It's really fucking filler. I have to appreciate. I said sarcastically that John Schaefer puts all the filler at the end of the album.
0: Ugh. Oh, hey, let's give you all the fun stuff, but then all the filler stuffs. Like, and all right, you still here? Shit out of you. You still here, bro? Oh, guy, are you still here? Are you a true Ice to Earth fan? You still here, guy? <laughs> Come on, guy, are you still here? Come on, we'll spot him. You got to get those deep cuts. You still here, guy?
1: Track 12 is Something Wicked Part 3 off of Something Wicked Part 2. It's basically just one big I am kind of song. It's like the villain song from a Disney movie. It's all right. It's not filler, but it doesn't feel like as big and grand as it should. I like how it ends. I, I do like how it ends with like feedback going into track 13 divine devour, which, uh, those words were in the chorus to I walk alone. Uh, I like it. I like the post chorus section too. Um, I don't really know how to like vocalize it, but it was aight track sevens, a seven and a half minute Epic called come what may, I guess I liked it. Like the overall riffs. I mean, the main verse was boring, but I liked like the pre verse, um, then three and a half minutes in, we get a small proggy part. And it actually sounded prog. Oh, dude, there were different stringed instruments, wind instruments. But, and then, but then I was disappointed because we went back to the bridge section and it just went back to some boring metal. I hear Matt and it's sad because I, I hear Matt trying so hard throughout this whole album to try to make it interesting. But like, bro, you can be the best singer ever, but boring music is boring music. Yep. Boring music boring music. And then the last track is called epilogue. And I thought it sounded familiar. This is just the overture song that opened up the last album, but it's called epilogue. Tight. <laughs> so and, we're finally done with this thing, aren't we? Uh, yeah. You know, I had a thought though. Because I thought, oh, okay, that's just here's a cool little bookend. But then I was like, were these albums meant to be a double album? And then I thought, were these meant to be listened to back to back in one like two-hour epic? And then I thought, bro, should we listen to them again back to back? How about no? To get the full story. E- no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kind of good on I'm that. I'm not going to do that. Do you really want to do that? <laughs> no. But yeah, I like the album. Um, I looked up some reviews of people. And the general consensus is people are like... They're like, okay. Yes, this album is long and boring too. But hey, Barlow's back. So it's better. He gives Ice Earther definitive sound.
0: I'm going to tell you how I felt. I might have been in a really good mood when I listened to this. Yeah? I didn't think this was too boring. I -hmm. felt like this was actually like the whole album in total. It... It was, I thought it was good. I thought like we've been had a good, consistent like line of freaking like Ice Earth hit. Like each album's like, you know what? It doesn't feel bad. It doesn't feel bad. Like I'm not feeling too bored. I'm not feeling too bored. Not like fucking horror show. I felt really bored. (laughs) I must have been in a good mood or you just was not feeling this.
1: No, I liked it, but I, I, I liked it more than most of the other Barlow records. Which is not to try to say, oh, I don't like Matt Barlow. No, he's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I thought this was album was fine and not one of the least boring ones.
1: I would put it, if I had to like rank it, it'd be upper middle. I took an excerpt from a guy's review and he said, You want some heavy metal with ass-kicking vocals, heavy riffing, and some Middle Eastern leads here and there? Get the fuck out and go buy this album now. Eight out of ten. Nice. <laughs> okay. Alright then. Here, let me tell
0: you what the story was. Oh, please do. Alright. Let me pop off the mask so I can get a proper reading voice. Mm-hmm. Alright. Ten thousand years is ten thousand years has passed, and then the savior is born, named Set. He is born six months before Christ, and he is personally responsible for the crucifixion of Christ and for this new religion called Christianity. But the whole point is part one deals with the period from invasion up to right before Seth's birth. And then part two takes it from his birth, like behold the wicked child to his youth when the minions are telling him what he is and what he has become to so the struggles that he has with that he with that and how he f- finally comes to accept what he is. He then goes through the trials on how he takes it the crown and he finally accepts that he is basically the antichrist to mankind but he is the savior of his own race and beings this thing doesn't really end because the whole something wicked universe is really much bigger than a couple of Iced earth albums the way i choose to end the record is what comes up to modern day and so we've got two thousand years of set's life on part two it's up now to modern day, and the only way that human beings can live through this is if we actually truly evolve as species, which means that we would truly have to start being honest and that the problem with mankind it's never gonna happen. And this isn't a fucking story. You're just saying like shit. <laughs> It's never gonna happen. They're use and they're using that. And the whole weapon against us, like come that made, there's a lyrical lyric of living in, in caves till man fought, uh, flies in space. We've done all these great things. You literally was like started off telling a story, but not.
1: <laughs> You're just saying
0: it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we kinda left it open, I guess. Like literally half what I read is like, Yeah, we're great. We're, we're just leaving it half open. And I'm just like, wow, what the fuck am I reading? What a fucking rip. <laughs> what a fucking guy.
1: But yeah, oh, man. I'll say,
0: I didn't think this was too boring. No, it wasn't. I, um, so No, there are like better things I'd rather listen to. Yes. But after your review, you you asked me, it's like, do you want to take a break? And then like listen to something else. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't feel too bored. But after you reviewing, it's like, wow, maybe it was fucking boring. And it sucked. And I was just in a good mood. I'm yeah. not ready to do the next ice to earth one. You've convinced me. All okay. right. I see a book. A hundred and... Th- I mean, a thousand and one albums yes, to listen. I
1: introduced this book a few weeks ago, everybody. And yes, it's a thousand and one albums you must hear before you die. The revised and updated edition. I don't know what that means. But yes, I'm going to take this book and I'm going to randomly select a new uh, an album for us to review next week. I even came up with a cute little jingle for it. Check this out. Left, right, forward, back. Triple D on the attack. Prodigy, the fat of the land. So we are listening to Prodigy is the fat of the
0: land. Okay, then.
1: Oh, I know this band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the prodigy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm down for that. Let's check it out. Let's see how it is, bruh. Yeah, man. We'll be back with that album report uh, next week. But speaking of music... Um. Now we get to talk about Decline of Western Civilization Four. Not really. Not really. It's called like, We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll. Some people feel like it's a decline movie, but to me, it didn't really feel
0: like a decline movie. Yeah. It's like a.
1: It feels like a spinoff,
0: if anything.
1: That's what I was gonna say. Because
0: it's like still, it's like Penelope Saphira, she did it and stuff too, yeah. and there is like stuff about decline, but at least there's like, there's something that feel like. This is just more about like Ozfest and like Ozzy in general and stuff too. But doesn't feel like because the climb feels like it like kind of goes somewhere. All it does is just like uh, she literally just documented Ozfest.
1: Basically, this this movie is like so the the climb movies are like Dark Souls, but this movie's like Bloodborne. It's made by the same company, and there's fundamentals from Dark Souls, but it's also its own thing. But they are comparable. Yeah, this, this documentary. in like, like you know, uh,
0: editing and pacing, it feels like yeah, it's the yeah. Klein because it's like the same director. I think it's just more of her style. But does it have the same vibe as the Klein movies? I'm going to say no.
1: No, no, no. Because those those movies, and I'll get into this later, but the those movies all had like, you felt like there was a message or like a point to it. This is just, or the first one felt like it was a snapshot in what was at the time contemporary life. This one's a bit this one's a bit like that but I don't know. I mean I didn't dislike
0: it. But yeah. So, as we are going into the documentary we sold our souls for rock and roll, which is also the name of <laughs> like the Black, Black Sabbath Sab- album. No, yeah. that's a compilation album. Oh, that's a ca- compilation, yeah. That came mm. out around that time, so I'm sure that came out. And this was like a bonus thing on that to document Ozfest 99. <sighs> yeah, but the thing about this, this like unlike the declines where you can actually buy physically, you can't buy it physically, you have to find a VHS, an old VHS of it. When it, like, kind of first came out because due to copyright issues, like, freaking someone named uh, Sharon Osbourne didn't really have the rights to a lot of the band's music and stuff while they performed, so they couldn't really use it. But, like, she was able to show it in, like, um, in film festivals and stuff and then, like, distribute a couple copies, but literally, this is, like, a fucking rarity. Holy
1: shit. Yeah. Didn't know that. Thanks, Sharon.
0: Yeah, fucking Sharon. So, let me tell you about We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll, i.e. fucking White Boy Summer. Holy fuck.
1: (laughs) I wasn't going to say nothing, but yeah.
0: This was fun. If I was to say, like, yo, fucking Chet Hanks here, his fucking call for fucking White Boy Summer. Is this what he wants? Is this what you want? (laughs) Whatever. We start with Ozzy's face and the airplane shots as Sharon and Ozzy fly to today's show. What are the details on that? Well...
1: Like you said, opens up with a pit with a close up of Ozzy's beautiful eyes. And on the plane, eyes um, are his shades, his shades. Sorry, well, his shade, bro, he wears those shades so much. Those to me, those are his eyes. And then he's sitting in a chair, and the people start to chant. It sounds like it sounded like they were chanting one more time. But I don't think they actually were. Yeah, I don't remember what they were chanting. And he says... There was a lot of people chanting some random shit. And Ozzy says, it seems like yesterday we were walking down so-and-so street. We were wondering, I wonder if we'll make it. And I swear to you, it's gone by in a flash. Then we see him live. He introduces the song Black Sabbath. And he says, I look out at the crowd and they haven't gotten any older. That's fucking wild, man. Ozzy's the fucking best, bro. Dude, he's got fucking... Dude, just him talking is just zingers. That just happens. Oh, it's great. So Black Sabbath plays the... Black Sabbath, the song, the intro of it. We see Ozzy talking about how Sharon had the idea for OzFest. So basically the story goes, Sharon was like, well, let's do our own thing. And Ozzy was like, well, I don't know. Let's do a few shows, see what happens. Like, all the shows sold out. And Ozzy was like, all right, shit, it's getting bigger and bigger, so let's do it. Yeah, no, they did a
0: first a couple shows, then did a couple more shows, and then it just eventually turned into an actual festival.
1: Geezer Butler said that um uh, I, I think it was promoters or something, they laughed at the idea of uh of that because they were like, you know, oh heavy metal's dead, but it ended up being like the biggest tour that year.
0: Yeah, well like freaking heavy metal and mainstream and like being pushed mainstream, yes, is dead. But diehard fans will freaking like come like in awe. Which, like, there's still a lot of fucking Aussie fans. Yeah. And, like, basic metal fans. So, yeah. yeah. They'll all come together for a white boy summer. Fucking white boy summer. As we meet this <sighs> fun dude, it's like, yeah, how's it going? I went and saw, like, Aussie in I went and
1: saw Oz an Fish in Florida, and it was pretty kicking, man. It, that was... I love that guy. So, we went to OzFest last year. It was kicking. It was kicking. <laughs> Where's the t-shirts? Where Yo, know, I want to wear the t-shirts. That's I want to buy done. them. And he's just got a freaking hobble and shit. I'm just like, fuck, dude. That was... We've seen guys just like that.
0: If you're it's like, hey, hey, this is the decline of Western... Like, the decline of Western civilization movies kind of just showed what, like, it was in L.A.
1: This kind of showed... What was kind of fucking In the United States In the United States as a whole Yep The scope got bigger Yes So um Cause those Those other three movies Is just straight up California It's not California Just Los Angeles Just Los Angeles I mean yes Yeah like Not all of California Is like Los Angeles So before that guy You know We see Black Sabbath playing And stuff And then we see a bunch of dudes Setting up the stage and shit Ozzy shouts Come on And then yeah We see that guy Then we see a mishmash of folks they're all stoked about the show. You know, depending, yeah. they're like, this is my second, my third, my fourth Ozfest. And guys go, like,
0: fucking Ozzy Osbourne, you're my fucking man! <laughs> Ozzy,
1: my savior! The same guy that, uh, the same southern dude we saw says, Straight kicking. Yeah, he's. Telling said, us he's kicking. Where's the t shirts at? Straight kicking says, uh, Yeah, I like this because um, uh, Ozzy showcases the newer bands. And Ozzy says, there isn't a lot of outlets for these newer bands. So he gives one, basically. And then the Southern guy walks away and stuff. There, I don't know if it was here, but there was a guy that said, Ozzy, I think it was later. I'm going to say it anyway. Ozzy, you saved me from blowing my fucking brains out, man. He Meet said my like, daughter.
0: Yeah, he says that. That dude, <coughs> like, he was talking to her that time, but he didn't talk about it. I was like, dude, I, didn't, I was about to fucking blow my brains out. And like, But he's saying Ozzy's music saved him. I'm yeah. like...
1: Okay. Then. <laughs> well, I mean, you always hear that about you how big bands, bands save people's lives and stuff. Or at least you
0: hear like the freaking minority that shows up to these Ozfest shows.
1: Yeah. The the top five band the top five music things I always see where they're like, oh, so and so saved me was like Beatles, um Black Sabbath, slash anything to do with Ozzy, like Nine Snails, Metallica, and Corn. Those are the like the biggest ones I see. If we're just talking those are really really music.
0: huge artists though.
1: Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, fuck yeah, here comes Static X. As I wrote
0: down, Edward Pops the Static X plays. And this I is hope 19- he starts doing his pogo light. He starts doing the pogo hop in his room.
1: This is 1999, so my boys are knee deep in the Wisconsin Death Trip tour, their first album, and just, uh, they play Push It. It's one of their biggest songs. It's so great. Wayne has the charged up hair. So
0: Edward's doing the friggin' trip pants, friggin' pogo. Tony, while Tony, room.
1: Tony, the bassist has his big, crazy, luscious locks. Yeah. Before he went bald and sliced it off and started looking
0: super cholo. And he also was, has his like video store employee. Like, OT. oh, he still
1: has that. He still has that. Maybe He'll it's always... growing out a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's true. Maybe like, it decided to grow out.
1: But yeah, so man chew like OT. I was a happy, I was a happy Ed for a few minutes. And then she Are you sure?
0: I feel like you're gonna be a happy Ed for a couple minutes.
1: So she asks them, uh, paraphrasing, but she's basically like, Hey, you know, Sabbath has been doing this for like 30 years. You think you'll still be touring then? And Wayne basically says, Well, you know, it's hard to know if you'll still be valid by then, you know. He said very few bands can do that without, you know, being a complete joke. Bill Ward on. Hmm. I
0: don't know. Hindsight's weird. You're a huge Static X fan, but do you feel like Static X still has, like, this, this, cool, Static X it was, is this is cool Static X as you're seeing
1: right here? That's actually hard. I'm actually not too sure. Whatever. I mean, I'll tell you this. When you know, I, hey, if you're, hey, you're I'll a fan you of this Static X, you,
0: and, like, either you like it or you don't. And I feel like you're down with this flavor of Static
1: X. I'll tell you this. When I went to that show, though, uh, a few years ago... Everyone that was there was really stoked to see Static X. So, you know, the people, the people that love him still love him. That's what I'll say.
0: All right. So now the roll call of Sabbath boys is they're talking about their like Sabbath timeline and their longevity.
1: Yeah. Bill Ward's like he was 18 when he joined Black Sabbath. And at the time of this documentary, he is 51. Fuck. Like, fuck,
0: that's old. But it's like, I feel like it gets older.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. They actually seem really young here. No, they still look really good. Yeah. Ozzy then says he. Rem- Money. Ozzy then says he remembered being 18, having a call and a girl, diamond ring, watch.
0: Yeah, I'm getting a random phone call. Who is it? Uh, it doesn't look like anyone I know. Maybe I should answer it. Maybe. Hi, right, listeners. We're gonna take a quick pause. And listeners, we are back because <laughs> it's like news. We got a bigger room and I just got a call. I got a call to coordinate with the guy that's going to be moving to our little room, too. And I'm just going to say it. Guy is a really nice guy. God bless him. But God, he won't shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> like he just
0: kept on having run on and run on and run on. I'm like, you know what? It sounds like you're going through something right now and you just want to talk to someone. Yeah. And like, you just felt like I was being stone cold. Like, bro, it's like,
1: no, no, I, I wasn't saying that. Like I thought, oh man, that was mean and messed up. It's just cause, cause, cause right into the end, he was like, okay, so uh, sorry, I'm in the middle of the podcast. Good talking to you, but I got it going. And then before the guy came and say, yeah, cool man. We'll touch base Bloop, hung up. I was like that was great because i suck at any phone calls like that because i feel bad but you, yeah you no, had I, the you had the brass balls to do well that. there's
0: a thing where it's like the dude's going run on okay we're coming down all right cool but run on and run on hey, keep and mind, like, keep there's mind. a point where it's like hey i actually do got something to do so yeah i'm on this and the,
1: keep in mind everybody the most my buddy here is saying is like yeah oh no for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. And the guy just kept jumping off that.
0: Hey, you know, we can talk on Wednesday unless he's fucked up on his COVID shot. And if he said he was fucked up on his first one, he might be fucked Fuck up on, on the second, second th- one. Yeah. So like, it's going to be another week.
1: <laughs> so Because I
0: was fucking out for two days. Well, one, I got fucked up and was working. But then the next day, it's like, dude, I'm just gonna recover. Yeah, and it fucking sucked. All right, where the fuck were we? We were talking about a younger about Uh, the the younger
1: Aussie. He said, you know, he remembered being 18 and having all this, you know, girl, car, diamond, diamond ring, watching drugs, and the rest of his life ahead of me. He's like, well, where did it all, you know, where did it all go? We get footage of the crowd through the eyes of police binoculars,
0: police binoculars, or security,
1: Security, or police binoculars. Sharon says the age range of these festivals varies from about 14 to 50, age 14 to 50 families too. And then we get a bunch of different people with parents, kids. We had the old school, not Hesher, but Boomer guy. This is the guy that says, you know, you save me from blowing my brains out. save me from blowing my fucking brains out. And then we get shots of some of the bands performing today, Slipknot, Godsmack, and Primus, Welcoming folks to Ozfest. I was bummed they didn't read out the uh, the disclaimer that they read out in the first three movies. This isn't decline. No, I know, but like you know, your likenesses will be photographed. I wanted to hear Corey Taylor be like, you know, your fucking faces are gonna be. Well, filmed. I don't think
0: Corey Taylor was like as like as Cor- the modern Corey Taylor didn't seem like this Corey Taylor in '99.
1: No, this Corey Taylor was still like kind of chilling, de- depressed, and mad at the world. Kind of chilling. So then we get the then we get the single most relatable moment out of all the of these pain in the ass fucking process to get into Ozfest. There was a woman driving around, and she's like, "I had tickets for the camping area." but they won't let me in. And then as she drives away, she says, she's also saying, it's like, yeah, no, like I think my spot's like right over there too. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then right as she drives away, she says, you know, have been driving around for hours. The last thing she like says hours.
0: is, hours, she was there, t- like she's been there for six hours and yes. like the almost maybe darkness of the morning. It's summertime. So maybe yes. it's like, whatever. She might've been there since like six or and,
1: seven. And right before she drives away, she says, Ticketmaster sucks. Dude. I'm like, dude, that was the biggest mood.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I was like, "Bro, remember when we went to that one-off Ozfest show, the Ozfest Not San Fest San
1: Bernardino? You remember how much the Ozfest
0: day fucking, fucking sucked.
1: sucked? Yes, it did. Like the
0: Not Fest day, I was like, dude, I'm this was not. It was, was late like, chiller. We got there like, late, like super, super, super fucking chill, <laughs> like." The North Fest day was 10 times chill compared to the Oz Fest day. That I, was yeah. extremely
1: dumb. I chilled on like the fucking stupid dumb. I chilled on the grass all day and just waited for like the main events and shit. I fell asleep during OPEF.
0: Well, Opeth is very sleepy bad.
1: <laughs> and sorry, anyone
0: that likes Opeth, I don't like dude, Opeth. Dude, Opeth
1: fans go hard, dude. There, uh, so many people have seen like, Opeth is the best fucking thing, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Opeth is Prague, and I don't like Prague, bro.
1: So, yeah, then we see the camping ground hasheries going crazy. It looks like a Raiders tailgate. No, it, dude, it literally is just a fucking tailgate stuff, <laughs> or i.e., White Boy Summer! There was, Oh, and to prove your point, then we get a couple minutes of footage of these people at the campgrounds there was one man I need to point out there was one man who yelled passionately not just from the top of his lungs but from the bottom of his heart the pit of his soul this man leans back and he goes rock out with your cock out that might as well just been
0: white boy summer (laughs) like
1: you go king other highlights for me included another man screaming I believe he said I take lives in the name of God. (laughs) That's what it sounded like. Cool, dude. Um, Cops on horseback, playing horseshoes with someone clearly dubbing in an ah shit when he misses a man with a shirt that says, lick my swinging dick, a woman sensually eating a banana and a woman in a bra where a man comes up behind her and simultaneously gropes her and tries to take off her bra. Or try to flash her titties to the camera. I hope they knew each other. I'm sure they did. And I'll say this. Minus the several cases of what could considerably be considered sexual assault that happened a couple more times in this documentary and now. uh, Yeah. This group of people's kind of fun. They're not as annoying assholes as the 80s dudes. And they're more fun than the punks. But if I had to deal with these people in real life...
0: I would be pretty fucking annoyed. For, like, one day you can survive. <clears throat> for one day. And we had dealt with that. Yeah, That was literally like, fuck. Like, actually watched it first time. I was like, dude, it's just the, like, Ozfest day we went to. Because, dude, that was the fucking worst. It looked
2: just fucking like it.
0: Dude, for realsies. Similar lineup, And, like, too. you couldn't
2: even fucking use the
0: bathrooms. I, was, <laughs> I literally was pissing outside. And then some fucking goth lady just goth lady in fishnets. And the freaking high top. Like, freaking, like, high. Like, freaking high heel boots. Just fucking squat down. And start peeing. Dude, I'm just like. Oh, Dude. yeah, yeah. It's a fucking
1: war zone. Yo, fuck this fest. I remember one of the craziest outfits I ever saw it wasn't even at uh, Not Fest or OzFest. It was when I went to Aftershock a few years ago. There oh, was, shit. There was a woman wearing, you know how old women wrestlers used to wear those, like um, the leotards with the two straps? Yeah. Okay, imagine that. But it's smaller, completely see through. And that was, and she was wearing some shoes. This woman was essentially naked. Cool, dude. (laughs) Which was a show that Ozzy was at, because that was a two-day thing, and he was there the second night. (laughs) Girls go crazy for Ozzy, bro. White boy summer! (laughs) So... We see a guy, we see a guy get hauled away by security, shouting nonsense. Yeah, he's just saying stuff. <laughs> it sounded like his homie was dying.
0: Yeah, it was like maybe concerning. But then why is he getting hauled away?
1: The head of security. It's weird. The head of security was a big burly man. He kind of looked like Steven Seagal, but like how Steven Seagal looks now, you know, shitty goatee, shades, and fat. Talks about how they how uh, the people there break shit, light shit on fire, and how security is constantly confiscating weapons. He gives a talk, basically telling other security, you know, don't get pissed and hurt somebody. It, it won't do good. Don't it's like, hey, <coughs> don't be in on
0: a kid because he's enjoying himself and he accidentally poked your yes. eye. We see them. open. Just the, take a walk. We see. S- that's a what walk. he says. Yeah. He says, just take a walk. We didn't see them open up the gates. Like, well- literally, it's like they got the gates and they're holding off the fans and they're like showing the gate attendees. Like, so what do you think of all these fans? It's like, Honestly. They seem like a dangerous group. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're a fucking rowdy fucking like freaking white boys summer group.
1: But oh yeah. My God.
0: So yeah, they open the gates and the freaking flood. Basically, it's just like a flood of bodies to start running on. Now, in.
1: I don't know if this is crazier when they drop the rope at Disneyland, but this looked like a shit show. One guy. Apparently- I have a feeling this is way like crazier than the dropping <laughs> the ropes no, at Disneyland. No, I'm just kidding. We talked to one guy who apparently climbed over the gate. And got cut by barbed wire. Like shredded by barbed wire. Then we see
0: a quick glance. As he has been asked the question by the director. Sorry. He's like, so how much was oh, yeah, your yeah. ticket? It's he's free. Like, Do zero. You think we, it's just like zero. Do you feel like it was worth it? Oh, yeah. It's fucking OzFest. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you made it seem like there was no tickets for the show and people were just going for it. Well, that guy went for it. He went for it. And he's now going to go see Black Sabbath. Then Hopefully.
1: We, then we see a quick shot of... Fucking slur, fucking slur, Fuckin slur, and God's- Really? Because then
0: I just wrote that was solely a gobsmacks hyping up the crowd, and Ozzy then is just Did kissing you just a call dog.
1: Called Godsmack, gobsmack. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it was written. So gob, <laughs> they're more of a gobsmack than a Godsmack. <laughs> so God Smack is telling, is basically telling everybody to get hyped for the bands coming today. gob gobsmack. You know, Rob Zombie, Black Sabbath. We get shots of people chilling at vendors, kids yeah. getting face paint, playing uh, pop the boob. I pop- think.
0: Just carny crap of the fucking OzFest. And
1: people getting their fucking asses whooped by the mechanical bull. Yeah. We see guy, we see this dude pulling money. So tell me if I wrote this down right, because I think this is what happened. This dude was pulling money together so a 19-year-old girl would take her bra off. Was that what was happening? Yes. Yes. Different times, folks. Summer! Different times, folks. Different times. So, yeah, freaking... <clears throat> are we at System of a Down yet? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Here comes System of a Down. Oh, is Happy Edward back? <clears throat> yeah, dude, they play Sugar and Sweepy and fuck. I fucking, I fucking love System of a Down. I love three and a half of their albums. They had five. The first one was great. The second one was great. The third one was underrated, but great. The fourth one was like... Most of the songs off there are good. And then their last album, I'll Be Up Front With You, there is one song that I think I like off it.
0: Cool. But yeah, System of a Down, fucking love them. I'm not the biggest System of a Down fan, but at least like, you know what, they're playing Rowdy and it seems like the crowd's Rowdy.
1: Oh, yeah. And then it's, we yeah uh, we get
0: the cutaway of them talking and like, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, we're all Armenian and stuff too. Yeah,
1: they talk for a bit. Uh, uh, I think it was Serge or maybe it was uh, John, not John, Um, the guitar I- player is... um. Oh, I forgot the guitar system. As I
0: did not write down, yeah, I just wrote was, down that like I was just like, "Fuck it, such the down is just fucking oh, yeah, stroking bro. his penis." This
1: is this is ninety nine. This is ninety eight like, when this fuck, was recorded. Yeah, so this is their dude. first album, dude. dude. This the down's just hitting all my
0: fucking vibes <laughs> right now. I'm like hot and horny.
1: Taco mushroom people. This is their first album too. So they're all. They're, I think they, a lot. They look, of, look all gross. I think and a hairy. lot of these
0: artists that we see are like on their first album. I love Sarish, at least most
1: at least the early ones. I love Serge Tanky and for the same reason you love Peter Schengler. Dunn. For the same reason you love Peter Dunn. He's such a gross looking guy. Yeah, All the are all all, they f- all look all, gross. All four of them are all hairy and shit. It's like and they play without shirts on. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, the fucking guitar
0: player thing that's always doing them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh Darren. That's his name. That's Darren always doing that. Then they asked John the drummer. There's like, so do you drum naked? He's like, Yeah, sometimes and then she like, asked him well it's what hot about? out there and he's like well yeah well, what about when your seat gets uh, whatever she's like he's like oh my drum tech has a towel because remember everybody it was the 90s it wasn't just the chili peppers that played naked they just made the most money oh yeah the one part i like was i think it was darren was taught or one of them was talking about how you know being at this metal festival it was like going to it was like being in high school and going into the lunchroom where it's a bunch of different cliques hanging out together except it's heavy metal bands Mm. That sounds like a different
0: opinion from another person that talks That talks about earlier.
1: <laughs> we see an 11 year old boy saying this is the best day of his life. Sharon says they get a lot of kids and a lot of girls that want to show their tits.
2: No, it's not just tits. It's like, yeah, we get a lot of girls that like to show off their titties. Yeah, the, the that, titties. they like titties. And then, yeah, we get. Dylan tw- says, like, their titties.
1: Then we get a cut of, like, mm, 20 yes, chicks. Hello.
2: <laughs> yes, hello. Yes, Ozzy. A lot of the teenage girls, a lot of these, like, younger women like to show off their titties. Titties.
0: Sorry, she had a funny voice, and when she said titties, it was pretty Sharon entertaining. Sharon Osborne has a unique accent. I, I wouldn't want to hang that. out with Sharon. She looks like she sucks.
1: Oh no, I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure she loves her. I know she loves her husband. I'm sure. I'm sure she. She's not
0: a really nice person, but
1: it really doesn't sound like it. Did you hear about like a like a long time ago uh, when she was on the View? I think um, there was a case. Dude, she got canceled off the View. I'm just like, oh, well, okay. that happened. But a longer time before that. Um, I guess she, like, there was a case going on about this woman who, like, f- cut off this man's, uh, her husband's dick or whatever, and then her and her co-host laughed about it. She, she got in some shit for that. Okay. But yeah, then we, see, uh, then we see, like, 20 chicks flash their tit haze.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Here's the thing about this one. There's a lot of fucking nudity in this There's so much fucking nudity. Yes. Fuck. And then here come the Deftones, a band I, as I have said before, I think on this show, I've heard eons of praise worth for, but I never really put the time into to listen to. They sounded good here. They sound intense, but they're they homeboys with corn. They sound intense, but they also sound like soft.
0: And I just remember Chino just started getting really pissed at some dude. I think he's yeah. T- I, I think that he down. jacked
1: his mic. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "I'm trying to fucking sing." He's like, "There's being aggressive than there's being an asshole." I don't know. They're 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 considered part of the new metal thing, but probably more almost as much as Corn. They're trying to be like, look, man, we're not we're not just a new metal band. Like they're in that scene. They're a band that's hard to describe their sound. No, like the riff that
0: I'm hearing, they're playing sounds like a hardcore riff for the time period. Yeah, but at the same time, when Chino sings, he also sounds really emo. They are big with that
1: crowd. Yes, really big. I'm sure they're Tom big was- with the goth crowd too. Yes. So, yeah, then Chi, uh, Chino, or they call him Chi. You know, Korn made a song after it named a song after him. They called it Chi, so that's a fun fact. Tight. <clears throat> I'm looking at the setup here, the stage, and uh, I'm looking at OzFest, you know, the vendors and then the stages, and I'm thinking to myself, I wrote down here, there's a thought going through my head, I'm like, man, Mayhem Fest just ripped off this entire thing, like, shot for shot. B- <laughs> the exact C- same setup. Then, she, then they talk to this guy named uh, <clears throat> Tom Cap, And he talks about driving from point A to point B. So, literally, now we just have a section of tour bus talk. Yeah.
0: everyone talking about their tour buses, what it's like to be on the tour buses. And, yeah, some are shitty, some are fine. Yeah. But, fucking, the Black Sabbath crew don't go on tour buses. They go to hotels, and then they fly to the they next one.
1: yeah. There was a funny bit, um, not funny bit, but cool when... Uh, they talked to Larry Linode or whatever, and Les Claypool from Primus. Uh, fun fact for everybody: I know you know this. Larry Linode was the was possessed original guitarist, or one wait, of wait, them. Wait, we're on fucking Primus. Well, this is on the tour bus section part. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was possessed original guitarist. He played on their two albums bef- and the EP or whatever they. Yeah, did no, after it's totally that. weird. It's like, oh yeah, Primus, the fucking weird like. And then Les, and then he also played another band with Les Claypool called Blind Illusion. And they played on their soul uh, album, which I think is considered progressive thrash or something. I don't know. It's Bay-
0: cathartic and I don't like it.
1: Oh, and that album, the Blind Illusion album, was produced by Kirk Hammett. Cool. The Bay Area, man. Small fucking place. Yeah, I know. So then, yeah, they're talking about sleeping on the bus. Wayne Static says he brings his own pillow. The, the uh, whatchamacallit, the Black Sabbath guys say their thing. Rob Zombie talks about how he has apparently shitty luck with t- with bus drivers. Or at least on this tour, yes. Like, they tend to go through like three or four in one month. Yes, and I'm like, holy fuck! <laughs> how how hard how hard do you have to suck to not be a good tour? How bus much driver? do you refuse to pay for a
0: good one? That's my question. Ooh, that's true. Because it's like I feel like no one else is complaining about it, but you. It seems like he's the one guy that complained. Yeah, but it's like you know what, Rob Zombie. Either you peeps are having an issue, or you are having really bad luck. Or you just refuse to pay top dollar for a good hey, tour man, bus driver. He
1: has to pay a lot of money for those props and for his uh, to get his style. Do you see how much work goes into his appearance? Yes.
0: <laughs> and I guess he wants to fucking chump change everywhere else. And if you want to get sketchy fucking tour bus drivers, they'll just do the job for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. I think you might get in situations like this.
1: Did we meet a dude? Who knows? Th- Did we meet a dude named Tax? Oh, Tax, <laughs> who talks about the crazy amount of buses on the road and how, um... and that kind of thing literally he's like the part he's like the main dude with the
0: transportation crew that hauls all the fucking shit for the fucking like Ozfest like stage and whatever other like shit he's just talking about like all the transportation trucks all the tour buses the fucking catering yeah medical he's just going through all that and then we get some fucking roadie
1: peeps and stuff them talking about what it takes to put in yeah uh, a bunch of stagehands and backstage production peeps talking about they're basically just like bro it's fucking crazy putting all this shit together it's fucking hard and crazy you know, and and then, like we're just all like mad. And then like the fucking like road is that we're told one thing.
0: It's like if it's wet, drink it. it. If it's green, smoke, smoke it. it. If it moves, fuck, fuck it. it.
1: And if it doesn't move, just throw, throw it, it on the truck. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this all sounds like a bullshit long with like bullshit long ass days, and it's a thankless job. So, so a pyro guy named Pyro Pete. Yes. Talks about how stressful setting up the pyro is. Well,
0: yeah, he's shooting fire <laughs> at fucking Black Sabbath.
1: Yeah. And then they walk out Ozzy and crew. The whole and, Black
0: Sabbath crew. And
1: they're like, hey, this is the uh, this is the fucking pyro choreography that we have for your show tonight. Yeah, we're running through We're going to show you what and goes Ozzie's on.
0: We'll like, tell you where it's to stand and where definitely not to stand. And, and they show off some yeah. of the pyro. And Ozzy's just like, holy shit. <laughs> He's just sitting there like, holy shit, like they blow off one near like the drums and stuff. They're like, holy shit, Bill has disappeared.
1: <laughs> and, and then so, there's a funny bit of comedy where then the um, fucking William Ward talks about, sorry, Geezer mentions how Bill is like a lot of the butt of the jokes a lot. Literally, <laughs> they talk about
0: how much they like to haze Bill Ward or if hazing, if you don't know, what hazing is fucking pranking, pranking or borderline just bullying him.
1: And then we see footage of Ozzy introducing him on stage. He says, The only the only gay member of Black Sabbath, Bill Ward. Then Bill Ward says how much Tony Ioming loves to light him on fire. And then they cut to Tony Ioming and he just laughs. In his limo. <laughs> and then Geezer Butler laughs. Yep, I love these guys. Yes, they're all just like, yeah, we like to like
0: build on fire, and we're then, really rich, so who fucking cares?
1: And then she like, and she's like, well, how old were you when that happened? And Bill's like, forty five. <laughs> like, fuck.
0: I, I think they were talking about like one time he had a beard and it just went up in flames. Yeah, because like Iomi, Iomi like lit it on fire at a bar. Yeah, and just like, and he just laughs it off, and
1: like Iomi just laughs it. And people wonder why Bill Ward never came back after, pretty much after the 2000s. I think he made his
0: money. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm good.
1: You know, the neat thing about all the Black Sabbath guys is that they've always been really in touch with, like, the modern metal stuff. Bill Ward, out of all of them, too, he's, they're, they're, they're cool guys. They didn't just, like, make their money, fuck off, and put other people down. They, were, they weren't Triple H
0: Fucking triple H. And
1: then fuck yeah, here comes Slipknot.
0: Yep, now it's the Slipknot. We what went them- down with the Slipknot? We got some tunes. We, we see- got them Uh-oh. hanging out in DC. <clears throat> yeah. And then
1: we get the one fangirl describing each member. Oh, that was funny. So yeah, they're they're walking past people being creepy and stuff. And this we see this woman, she's like, um uh she asked this woman, she's like, you know who they are? She's like, Yep, yeah, it's Slipknot. They've captured the imaginations of the eighth graders who aren't even human anyway. <laughs> And then, <clears throat> oh, this was funny really quick. Before the girl, we see this little fat boy, this tiny thick man. Is this Edward? And he says. This is a young Edward. He says, Slipknot rules. He looked so determined, so confident and happy as he looked into that camera. And he said, Slipknot rules. I was like you go little king. No, I told you. My brother, my cousin Jeremy showed me Slipknot. I didn't know it was Slipknot until years later cuz I recognized the song. But he showed me Slipknot when I was younger and it scared me. Cool. <laughs> and I didn't really hear much of Slipknot after that. I'm sure I saw them turning on the TV once in a while. Uh but then before I forget, it was on Guitar Hero 3. Cool. And then they drop and then a long time later they dropped Psychosocial. So they've been in my world ever since. So then we get footage of the little girl. She's like, she sees the one with the pig mask. She's like, well, he's a live pig and I'm a vegetarian, so I don't like dead pigs. Then she goes to clown. This is the insane clown dude. I almost thought she was going to name drop insane clown posse. That would have made this the perfect 90s movie. We see the one with the long nose. She's like, this one looks like Pinocchio with a zipped up mouth. Then we see the spiky one. He's like, this looks like Hellraiser. And then I think this was Jim Root, but she's like, this one, this guy with the black mask, he kind of looks like a Rob Zombie or Melomantic. And then he flips off this little girl. Fucking Slipknot. Yep. So the members all roll call. They uh, one of them's like, you know, well, you know, we're I'm from. i
0: one. I'm like one, two, and like other yeah. instruments. But I don't know Slipknot, so you can do the. Yeah, They're, do the roll call. Their order numbers, their gimmicks, and whatever.
1: Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm this number. I'm bass. I'm samples. I'm turntables. I'm percussion. I'm also percussion. I'm drummer. That kind of thing. One of them's like, yeah, we're from Des Moines, the shithole of the U.S. Because cause, cause, hey. I don't know if anyone knows this, but Slipknot really hate the state of Iowa. Hey,
0: I've been through Iowa, and it's not too exciting. It
1: sucks, right? But yeah, they're like, you know, they always treat us like nobody. So we're like, fuck it. We'll be nobodies, and we'll put on the masks. There's a funny bit where she's like, what do you do all day? And I think the long-nosed woman's like, you know, just masturbate, sit around all day. And I'm like, was our good friend Jake in Slipknot? Was he? Oh, no. So then we cut to them playing live. They're on the second half of Spit It Out. It's so great. They're in their prime. They're jumping around, doing random shit, you know, going crazy, breaking stuff. They have, even back then, Corey Taylor has complete and total control of the crowd. It's really something to see. Then we got to the vendor area, watching the bullpen. And for whatever reason, this random dude starts a fight, not a verbal fight, in the the bullpen.
0: Yes, because this bullpen has, like, topless women riding this mechanical bull, and then we have this one, like... Warrior of justice for women decided <laughs> to go like, this ain't Aussie shit. Why is there topless beautiful women riding mechanical bull? This is a this is the, like freaking this is freaking embarrassing. It's like freaking
1: oh god, what's the word? To he like, was uh, he was full. Like, all women are queens.
0: It's like what is this? Uh, like look at her. Why is she doing? She doesn't need to do this. Like, I would take her home and make her my
1: wife. She's so beautiful. Well, oh, like, that wasn't what he said. What he said was because she's like, do you? Like that, oh, she was like do you know that girl he said well no but you know she's a very beautiful woman you know i'd take her home and make her feel righteous
0: yes it's like this is the wrong guy i'm like bro have I, you are you looking at this fucking show
1: i'm like you go king it's like this ain't aussie shit i'm like yeah no this is this I'll, is pretty aussie i guess or well, let me phrase this is aussie fan base
0: or just what sharon does I just say that, honestly, it's like, what do you suspect
1: from a white boy summer guy? White boy, this was so white boy summer. White boy summer! Oh, and then we cut to the angry Christians. This might have been my favorite part of the movie. So just how silly they are. Now, listen, don't worry everybody. Silly. We're not going to be the edgy atheists that make fun of religion. No, because we are going to make fun of these specific people.
0: Though. No, I'm not going to make fun of religion because that's actually anyone that makes fun of religion are kind of fucking dumb. Not going to lie. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or they're pretentious assholes. It's
0: like, Oh, Hey, we're being edgy. But I'm like, honestly, being edgy against religion is kind of really dumb.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not even really edgy. It's kind (laughs) of like we have bigger issues. (laughs) So, I can give a fuck what people worry about if they're gonna where they go if they died. That's like the worst of it. That's like the least of my problems. And that's these true. people are just like, honestly, you fuck them. <laughs> like, just them being religious, like, oh yeah, hell Satan. That's my rebellion. I guess we're like freaking religious. Like, no, how about you fu- say fuck that? What, <laughs> like, <laughs> what you should be doing? If anything, the only thing against religious protests is them like going against freaking like homophobia or trans and all that yeah, stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, it's yeah. like, bro, who fucking cares? <laughs> Don't you have anything better to do? Oh, fucking wait. Yeah, you don't. Just fucking leave the freaking LGBTQ. LGBT. I can't LGBT.
1: It, well, it was LGBT. Now it's LGBTQ+.
0: Yes. Communities alone. Yes. Who fucking cares? So if I there may. There are bigger
1: issues. If I may.
0: But I, honestly, no one cares. Yeah, I know. Because Satan, that's how you piss off people. It's like, no, fuck no. Oh, <laughs>
1: God. We have we've had to deal with those at, at a lot of male shows we've gone to,
0: and like I've gotten older and I realize honestly that concept is really fucking dumb. Yeah, it's really dumb. But these people take it really <coughs> seriously. Satan's ruining our communities. They're they're trying to take care of. They're trying to take control of our children.
1: Oh, if I may, because I have a lot to say about this. This rally, this rally is led by a preacher, ma'am. This man has no neck. He was all chin
2: <laughs> He was all chin
1: He is literally your stereotypical of Jesus That like, was this man is all the, He's a master of the devil This is a quote oh, He yeah. says Satan wants your kids Homosexuals want your children Say amen Why? Why? Uh, like the LGBTQ community did not want your children they that's really w- dumb. We see a woman holding up a sign that says Black Sabbath promotes things like cannibalism, not in this order, but cannibalism, rape, death and homophobia well, and homosexuality. Se- I mean, I get it. I've seen footage of those guys when they were young. They were pretty good looking guys. But we then see Sharon Osbourne fight this dude verbally on radio. This man like they're having a debate on radio this asshole has a beeper and, and like, he says since you've all come to town you know we're a peaceful protest i've had my three champion dogs kidnapped and killed my mailbox that ripped sucks. off my mailbox ripped that fucking off sucks. and he's like you see this beeper i keep getting 666 on it and porn, porn pornographic numbers on or porn numbers on it these like pornographic numbers
0: on my beeper and stuff. They're doing him in my dogs. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Honestly, that's a minority that's fucking with your shit. And I'm sorry that's happening with you. I'm
1: like, that has to be horse shit. I mean, the mailbox thing I get, the beeper, sure. I'm like, I but the apologize killing of for... his dogs? I hope not. That'd
2: be
0: really dumb. Like, That'd be awful. Like, obviously, I feel like the friggin' um, IQ of this OzFest crew is in debate with the NASCAR, the NASCAR crowd. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's higher or lower. And I'm sure, the, I'm sure there's minorities that can really debate on that. But at the same time, it seems like the friggin' majority.
1: Who knows? And then he goes on about how, you know, people are hurting themselves. He said kids are getting tattoos and shit. They're getting tattoos. He says people are having these vampire parties. These vampire sex parties where they like to cut themselves. And, and suck, like suck to, the blood. Like to lick and suck and drink the blood. And, like, Sharon
0: is, like, <laughs> baffled. And I'm baffled. I'm like... That's a minority, bro. Not the majority. Like, I'm sure that, like, little parties exist, but, like, that's just more of a, like, teeny kink of, like, ten people at most. Oh, and then? Everybody. Oh, these vampire sex parties exist and it's against the law. Why would you date? Why would such thing happen? It's
1: like, bro. This dude, everybody, this dude goes full in on the homophobia. And let me clarify something. Homophobia is not... The hatred of gay people. The word phobia is in there. It is a fear. A fear of the gay. In the most literal, l- root linguistic way. And this man is afraid of the gay. Dude, he says, <clears throat> Satan wants our kids. Our kids are being destroyed in America by by pedophiles, by homosexuals, by lesbians, by same-sex marriage by rock group bands. He like paused because he remembered where he was. He's like, by lesbians, by same-sex marriage. By rock group bands. By rock
0: group bands. I don't know. I feel like a lot of that, a lot of those like situations, <laughs> I feel like I'm sure it's a minority, but I'm sure a good a lot of that is like freaking like this religious oppression. That makes people want to explore these avenues. Yes. Instead of just like educating them early and letting them know it exists. And then them is like, oh, okay,
1: but this like, now you're just bringing them like awe and wonder. And then Sharon asks, why are you so against the gays? And he says, I'm not against the gays. I'm not against the gays. And she says, "Yes, you are." And then he says, oh, like, "No, yes, you are." <laughs> and he says, "I have loved them through Christ, and basically, it's he, like, no, no, he, no, no. He I gave love, them. I
0: love, I love the homosexuals. I love them through the heart of Christ. And it's like I like, and then Christ's love it tends to like help, them, I like help these homosexuals come back and get away from their weird, like sexual tendencies. Yes,
1: they no longer do the dirty." things that they do she's like dirty well, well, things she, what do you mean, dirty things are you talking about and he says and, and his response was dirty filthy and she's dirty, like
0: filthy it's like but you're not why but not, that's not why oh I mean, and
1: this was great have you, have, have, you <laughs> have you ever heard of
0: rimming have you ever heard of
1: rimming Have ever heard of golden showers oh it was so great i i don't want to undersell this he literally, he's like, I guess you don't know about all the things they do then. I guess you're ignorant of that too. And be- you're ignorant of that. Like, before she mean? can reply, before she can rebuttal, he says, I guess you don't know about rimming. You don't know about golden rain. That's what he called it. Golden rain. Golden rain. Or about the thing, or about running gerbil, gerbils up your ear end with a tube. I paused this documentary. I laughed and I laughed at least I rewatched this like five times. This was amazing. It might be the best part of the documentary. Fuck, we might have to jack it for a sample. <laughs> Remind me. We need to use this man's voice. This man's voice and his rants. <laughs> it was it was great. The chinless pastor, <laughs> this chinless pastor, and he's <laughs> our going, children are being destroyed by homosexuals, by 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 lesbians, by same-sex marriage, yes, by rock group bands. And just,
0: and it's <laughs> I like, guess you know
1: about rimming and they're filthy. A golden rains, they're, they're filthy.
0: I'm like, what do you mean? They're all rimming. They're all having golden rains, running
1: gerbils up their rear ends with a tube. All of them. All of them are homosexuals. Want your our children? This man. <laughs> oh, oh, I laughed so hard. That seriously, was Seriously, yo, white boy summer. <laughs> oh, this is just white boy summer, bro. This is white boy, pa- white boy's this paradise. This is why I said it
0: like this isn't decline. Decline, you didn't get like this weird religious types. There were stuff. some dumb
1: white people in the do- in the decline, but especially is, the second one. But this is like
0: on their like freaking Christianity beliefs, or at least what I presume is like they're trying to push this Christianity beliefs.
1: Yes. It's they something. call it Christianity, but it's more like a cult. Anyway. It's something. These are very boring people. Who and knows his what parting they words to her are, remember this. Black Sabbath are practicing cannibals. And That's it, it. He says it just like that. And Sarah's just baffled. Like, she's just like, what the uh, fuck? Okay. Because she's trying to tell him. She's like, you don't think about how, you know... The things you said about my husband and his band, that broke my heart. And then he's basically just like, you know, we're a peaceful protest. We're a peaceful protest,
2: but you guys, like, e- e- you people have been, like, terrorizing my house.
1: And, then and I'm just like killing my dogs, killing my dogs. I just couldn't believe that. I just, don't, I was baffled. Sharon was baffled, and we're just like this fucking guy,
0: bro. This is this fucking so then, guy.
1: Then the Black Sabbath guy. Well, he was
0: entertaining. Then the Black Sabbath. If guys. anything, fuck. If all stupid shit like help promote the show. Yeah. Wait, the show's gonna have satanic fucking vampire sex parties and fucking can- possible cannibalism and all this stuff too. That's a fucking metal is, fuck, dude. I'm kind of bored. I was like, honestly, that kind of, sounds fucking metal, dude. I'm kind of bored. I want to check this out.
1: Oh my god. Or like, at least, hey, let me listen to the tunes. Then the Black Sabbath guys talk about how they had to deal with being called Satanists and stuff. And here comes Godsmack. Oh, you mean Gobsmack? What's my opinion on Godsmack? Good question. Yeah, what so is your opinion I on Gobsmack? And he's fucking like over like his salon fucking facial hair. So you need to understand. The way Sully looked in this documentary has been the same. He has looked like that for 20 years. He might have just got gray hair. The exact same. He, he looks he, the exact same. He He's a practicing Wiccan. They must be on to something because Homeboy's kept his youth. Dazzy or money. Money helps with youth. Yes. Seriously, Trump fools me. He
0: looks like he's like early 60s. I didn't know he's early 70s.
1: Yeah. So money could fool me. So, yes, I think Godsmack is fine. Sometimes they're pretty good. They have flashes of greatness now and then, but they could be better. And except for one album. Like in in tonality. Yes. They sound pretty fucking heavy
0: in tonality. Yeah. But then I hear him just like, you're He's doing his darling singing. He's like, I'm God.
1: He's like, he was like, if God, he was like, if Scott staff tried to sing Metallica songs, but yeah, except for one album. Yeah. Like, Except reload for, and reload and load Metallica songs, <laughs> and like except for one album, I don't think they have an album that I would consider bad. I think they get too much hate sometimes because you, bro. Oh, wait, I see you, people go ham hey, on the Godsmack hate. On the Godsmack, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, God. But at the same time, Godsmack's a band where, depending on the day, I can be like, "Fuck yeah" or "Fuck off." But yeah, they've always they are they've always had potential. Could be better. Should be better, but what they for what they are, they're pretty good sometimes.
0: So yeah, I just remember remember like Sister the Down where they're talking about like, yeah, like we go in the back and it seems like there's a bunch of clicks and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Gobsmack says, Oh, but in the back? Oh no, no one has any egos. It's awesome. It's like you come off very egotistical. (laughs) Really? No, I don't know.
1: Wait. (laughs) I don't know if you're defending gobsmack. No, 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 I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Like,
0: I feel like Gobsmack comes off looking really
1: egotistical. Sully kind of does on Facebook sometimes when he's promoting his politics.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Gobsmack is definitely See, one thing. I, that's why I like... I like, Sister of the Down dudes look a little bit
1: more normal. Yeah, they were these chill. these Gobsmack dudes. Or at least Sully. This is 99, so I think they might have had two albums out at this point. Don't quote me on that. Who knows? But yeah, um, they play... They've got their New York accents flowing in the wind. And they play and they're fine. This band, depending on the person, they always get roasted. People always say they ripped off Alice in Chains a lot. I never heard that musically, but part of the reason they say that is because Alice in Chains has a song called God Smack. It was two words, but yeah. I'm oh, sure
0: it, they took <clears throat> influence and... The Yarling voice doesn't help either. The
1: only other thing people-
0: Ah,
1: Stand alone! The only other thing people say is they're like, oh, dude, this guy ripped off James Hetfield for his voice. I'm like, yeah!
0: yeah." I'm like, well,
1: yeah, no fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) He said the yeah, I'm just like, cool, bro. Oh, and then, and then did you hear, and then what did you think of this part? Then they tell us about the pussy pass.
0: Oh, no, because it's, like, fucking, well, I don't have, like, too much, like, deep notes here. I honestly just have, like, bullet points because, like, these past couple podcasts, you have some pretty solid notes. So I just have, like, bullet points to just kind of help, like, push the direction. So we meet, like, three ladies in a van for sure. Yes. And then we have a talks about a
1: pussy pass. Now, I don't have the details on the pussy pass, but I just remember it's, like, bruh. So basically, from what I understand is because I didn't get too many notes on the Pussy Pass. It's basically a thing where the bandmates decide to like give that to a girl and they can get on the tour bus or something. Yeah, they can get backstage and go to whatever band's tour bus
0: and stuff. We got three ladies, which I think they all said... Well, they were basically, they're super horny Mm -hmm. and they literally was like hanging out a show and they like found like Slayer's crew
1: and they were able to like hop on the tour. Slayer's crew. Yes. Of all the bands for the groupies to go after, not Rob Zombie, not even Black Sabbath. They go after Slayer. Because I'm sure Slayer is getting none of the groupies. That's what they said. There's a bit of comedy where Tom Mariah is talking with Jeff Hanneman and then. Hanneman's like, yeah,
0: groupies. It's like, I guess we might see some if they actually filter through us, but I feel like the crew mostly gets yeah, through them. Yeah, that's
1: what Jeff says. He's like, the groupies never get to us because the roadies get them first. Yeah, and, and I'm sure then the ladies are off all in about. This is probably the lowest point of the, of the documentary just because it was kind of eh. We followed the yeah, groupies no, around. the Yeah, we got these like bit. horny
0: ladies, like, we got the ones like, yeah, I got like. Sully
2: from Smacked to like tat- tattoo my ass. Well, it was like, sign my ass. And then she's like, ah, right. he's in the tour bus. Here's like, I guess I sleep. And then he's like, where the other ladies sleep.
0: And here's the back of the bus where like the main man hangs out. And when the door closed, he does whatever he wants. And who knows? And I, but then, yeah, he comes out when it's showtime. And it's like...
1: That's exactly how they talked.
0: Now, did we also get, like, the Slayer, like, shot, too, where she just, like, freaking was rocking out to Slayer with her fucking tits out? <laughs> and then we just see, like, Tom just doing his thing where he's straight up to the, like, the freaking microphone. And it's like, well, that lady's going hard for the tunes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if he was married at this point or not. Who fuck you knows? <laughs> but, yeah. I'm kind of curious, because, like, is like, is Slayer doing the groupie thing? Were these married men?
1: I don't know. I think Dave Lombardo has a wife now. I thought Jeff Hanneman did. Dave Lombardo wasn't in the band at this time. Oh, right. That's right. No, yeah, that's right. They had um, Paul Bastoff. Paul Bastoff.
0: It's only like those two.
1: Wait, Paul Bastoff? Yeah. That's the Exodus singer. Paul Bastoff. The Exodus singer that died. No, that was Paul Bailoff. Yeah, this is Paul Bustoff. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I was thinking, I thought for some reason the yeah, drummer- Yeah, could No, on? I'm sorry. I thought the drummer for Slayer at this point was John Tempest. But no, that's a Rob Zombie drummer. Yeah. Anyway,
0: but yes. So Paul Bustoff is in this crew. Uh, but we're not even at Slayer yet. We've still got a moment to go.
1: So then Sharon here is like, she's like, you know, I get I get to why girls want to be at the show because this is a very sexy, exciting business. I'm like, I guess, it's
0: like, I guess so. I guess so. This one
1: woman- uh, the director it asked her if Ozzy was here what would you do and she said she'd strip her clothes off and go take me now Ozzy woo and then the director asked would you really do that and then the groupie gets this really serious look she goes yes yes like that it was funny then fucking Ozzy comes on and then he opens up scenes like he goes, What's the fucking point? What's a 50 year old man and a 21 year old woman gonna talk about? The fucking stock market. Oh fuck, where are we? See,
0: yeah, I know, because like, literally, just like one's like, Oh my god, I wanna have hot sex with Ozzy Would least- you really do that? Yes. 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 And then, like, Ozzy's like, fuck, man, like, freaking, if I was 21, and it's like, it'd be cold, fun, and excited, but I'm 51, and it's like, what's a 51-year-old guy supposed to talk to a 21-year-old chick about? The stock market? <laughs> the stock market. And I'm like, yeah. And then Fear Factory's performing. Fuck yeah, here comes Fear Factory. Hey, if you ever want to know what Edward's music, like, freaking, like, main music tastes like, <laughs> I feel like this documentary... Has most of his bands. Bro, Fear Factory... Maybe mine is Primus, because I don't know how much you actually listen to Primus. I like them. And then...
1: Uh, Picky with them, and, but I like them. And then De- tones, Deftones, tones. Everything yeah. else is, is what Edward Jock's on the regular. Listen, man. Fear Factory is great. Everyone should listen to Fear Factory. They're amazing. They rule. Pause our podcast and go listen to... Uh, what was the song that had Edge Crusher on it? Was that... Well, I don't remember. Bro. But, but listen, so yeah... Um, see, Bur- uh, I think his name was C Burton or something bulls. Well, last name's Burton, but, um, talks their influences. He's basically says your factory's influences are sci-fi and government conspiracy. Cool. Dude. They play a song. It's rules. It- it's amazing. I need to say it's amazing. Seeing Dino, the main, the guitar player, he's just as gloriously fat as ever. Like, he looks exactly the same. Like, he's fatter now, but he was still a fat guy back then. Yeah. It was great. But there wasn't
0: too much highlight on Fear Factor here. Well, they were barely but then there.
1: But then we get back to Static X as they're getting kicked off their tour bus. Yeah. Why? Because the repo man chased them down across the country. The guy that owns the bus undercut a lot of people to make this fucking tour happen. And as Ken the drummer says, you know, he says, well, we're a new band. We don't have that much money. Tony chimes in. We're broke. So they're moving stuff and they're not in the best mood because apparently they had to fire a drum tech for scalping passes. They're pretty understanding about the whole thing because she's like, well, you guys mad? And they're just like, eh, it's you like know, we'll make do. It's
0: like, yeah, like we played a good show today and like, yeah, the repo man's just doing his job. We can't really be mad at him. Yeah. I think we're just more mad at like the fucking guy we paid for the tour bus and stuff.
1: And then there, she asked Wayne Stack, you have two words to say to the, to the bus driver? And he goes, but whole whole not even just butthole. He literally just like Beavis Butthead is like butthole. Oh, I love Wayne. I'm like, not much aggro dudes. No, they were pretty chill. So then we cut to Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, we meet a man named Tony Dennis. Who's apparently at this point in time been Ozzy's personal assistant for 17 years. And o- might be his best buddy too. Yeah, that's what they says. And he looks like he's working like a madman. And Ozzy says he, that, he, yeah, they're super duper bros. And he talks about how crazy, you know, how uh, he, he, he talks about how he lays out this crazy amount of like water and tea and other shit. No drugs and alcohol, obviously. And Ozzy talks about how he words, the way he words it. Ritoma took drugs, you know, coke or whatever. I OD'd every time. And Dennis talks about how rad um, a sober Ozzy is. He's energetic, he's driven, wants to give it his all. Sharon talks about how a lot of bands these days need stylists and choreographers, but feels like it doesn't really come from the heart. Doesn't come from the heart. And then,
0: yeah, no, then freaking, Oz- like, I just remember it was like, yeah, there was just talks about Ozzy's mortality and his health and stuff. And obviously him performing, I guess a little bit of sharing. So unless you
1: got anything else, we're now on to Primus. Uh, Dennis says he has piss buckets for Ozzy stage. You no, know, he, he has to- like three buckets.
0: One's for water for himself with a yeah. sponge to cool him off. once for water to throw at the crowd. And one's just a bucket to pee in. Or even pooping sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's what he says. If he needs to take a quick piss or something else. Hey,
0: when we saw Black Sabbath, they played a really long fucking time. So... Or I'm sure if Ozzy plays a really long fucking time, you're going to have to either pee or poop at some point. He's old. Yeah, I'm sure that shit
1: also is way more loose. And then here comes Primus. Hell yeah, bro. We open up with Les Claypool going, we're Primus. We've been known to suck on occasion. Today might be one of those times. Yeah, yeah, you know, the famous, you know, Primus sucks primus doesn't suck no that's their thing there you go we're primus and we suck claypool refers to primus as festival whores we're festival
0: whores where we like they... to play around well i think primus is a lot primus is like weird enough where they could kind of play everywhere clutch is kind of like that too where i'm sure like they could play Lollapalooza and then also play an Ozfest.
1: deftones is like that too deftone get, gets on a wide variety of bills
0: yeah i don't know what it is who knows But yeah, no, Primus is kind of just doing its, like, song. uh,
1: The drummer specifically says he saw a system of a down, and he's like, well, fuck, I gotta rip it up. So Primus says, you know what's, uh, so Primus (laughs) plays, it's cool, and then we see him introduce fucking Buckethead. Yes.
0: He, like, We get footage of him fucking around with nunchucks. In a graveyard. And then him telling his life story, or at least his, whatever, the character's life story. Yeah, so he has a puppet.
1: Yeah. So he's like, well, how'd you learn how to play guitar? And then... His puppet character is like, um. Well, Buckethead grew up in a chicken coop, and his grandma would knit. She gave him a guitar, and he played pretty for her, and that's how he got his start. And then he gets on stage, and he does the most insane. Tap solo section I've seen in a long time. He just gets up there like no one's busy He's just like it's sick.
0: Yeah, so Buckethead rips on guitar. Do you remember how that? But not w- traditionally. He has a he, he has a very unique, very unique style that is definitely buckethead and just sounds like fucking keyboard likes keyboards with different sounds, just kind of smashing it on the guitar.
1: I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Hey, you know what? But it fucking works. And like, yeah. And the thing about him is that I've never been like a biggest fan of Buckethead. Like I've only listened really to a bit care. of his stuff um, and I'm not the biggest like knowledge person of his lore. I will say this though, from everything I've heard about him, because I've, so- I've heard some people be like, you know, oh, this guy's just blah, blah, blah. It's all an act. No, no, no. Oh. He genuine, for the few people that know him personally, he genuinely is that socially awkward and weird of a guy. He's an odd person. But he rips on guitar. But he rips on guitar. You know that reminds me of? Do you remember back when we were in high school and then, you know, before everyone started getting fascinated by, you know, how fast drummers could drum because deathcore was the biggest thing? Do you remember how, like, for a short period of time, people were obsessed with, like, at least how us, much people could tap? Or,
0: us, are f- at least us fucking nerds <laughs> yeah that hanged out. We you, were obsessed. Us, I, I think that's a minority. Yeah. Don't say everyone. Yeah still but yeah you know but that, yeah we're obsessed on like who's a very fast guitar player yeah you know and we, that's all cool to watch someone like play really fast you're like dude Bucket what
1: the he- fuck that's insane we see buckethead we saw ingway that michelangelo guy and michelangelo baya ba- yeah buckethead like i said and then um chris broadwick from uh megadeth was one had like a pretty insane eight <laughs> finger
0: tapping solo yeah yeah but now you ask me de- these days what do you think of that it's like honestly it sounds like shit
1: <laughs> oh come on that's so fun to listen to. Yeah, you
0: know what? When I'm young, that's visually impressive. But when I'm now older, it's like fuck that, bro. Just give me the fucking I'm Jimmy not, Hendrix uh, worship <laughs> solos I hear on Megadeth, not Megadeth, mo- friggin' Motorhead. Motorhead. That was fucking solos, just rip, bro. You're just like fuck yeah. And then we see. I've more
1: mostly connected. <laughs> that's fair. And then we, you know, it's a good way to put it. They're, they're, they're um, because sometimes with those tap things, it just feels like showing off. It literally is like vis- that's the whole point of Ingway's
0: music. Like visually, it looks sick. Yes. But emotionally, do I feel it though? No. And like sometimes, no. Like I don't feel like it's a ripping solo. Now, Over-K- Motorhead's Overkill. That's a fucking ripping solo. Oh fuck yeah! It just keeps going. It's like it seems so sick, and it goes somewhere. Then Trying to show off physically. That's just like <sighs> no. It's super sick when you're young. It's like, oh, whoa, that's fucking cool. Look at, I want to play that on Guitar Hero. But then I'm like older. It's like honestly, I kind of just don't give a fuck because that's so <laughs> like, it ain't gonna. It's like it might remind. Like I might remember, like <clears throat> I might remember how insane it was visually and yeah. stuff too. It might
1: sound, but like I don't remember how it goes. I think Slayer and Megadeth solos like, are really. I could really...
0: maybe spit out a fucking like a, I can surely spit out like a freaking Motorhead solo. But yeah. me trying to go buckhead, it was like going. Yeah, that could be fucking anything.
1: I think Megadeth and Slayer are like the good, the best examples of like what you should do with it. Because like with Slayer, it's like just pure fast beat aggression. And like Megadeth, like, yeah, you're technical, but you're also serving the purpose of the song. So I think those are good examples. Oh, yeah. And then a bunch of dudes on camera just start whipping out their cocks. I think it's just one dude that whipped out his cock. I thought I saw a few. I think it was just one. And then a camera guy accidentally just hits a chick in the head by with his camera. Then we have a shitload of people just marking out for Ozzy. Everyone's partying, having a good time. Well, you know about how much no, they no, love no. him. we had
0: like the mudslide bonanza going yeah, on yeah, before yeah, the yeah. markout. out. Right, like literally,
1: right. there was like this one hill that got muddy,
0: and all these fucking people are just sliding down it. And then we got know, some I've security geek trying to stop, trying to like stop it from them like <coughs> these freaking like people having their white boy summer sliding down the mud. That's how <laughs> we do it in the country. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Just yeah. Natural slide right here. Let's fucking just go down it and the. Security guys, like, can you guys please stop? You're going to injure yourself, and this could be a possible liability. Can you please stop, guys?
1: I'm like, I don't usually get this way, but I heard that security guard, and I was like, what a pussy. And in the Aussie
0: worship, where literally everyone's Aussie
1: like- Aussie is God. Aussie
0: is God. I will
2: fuck, drink,
1: and smoke to the name of Aussie. We should build a shrine for Aussie. We're going to get fucked up, and it's all for you. Then this one right guy. Boy summer. Then this one guy grabs this random chick. He grabs her and he like pulls her down to like the ground or whatever, and he says, "I'm going to fuck her in the ass tonight." And this girl looks terrified because yeah. they get the camera up to her and they're like, Are you, "Is that going to happen?" She's like, "No,
0: no." No, different times, guys. I I think I think just they're being trying to be cute and funny, and I'll allow it to pass that time.
1: Oh, I don't know. She looks concerned. I'm sure she looks concerned. So then a few people are talking about how Ozzy is like Jesus and or God, and the direct and the Penelope is actually goes up to Ozzy. He's like, you know, they see you as their God. He laughs, and he's like, thing is, I've never even read a fucking Bible. <laughs> he know, is a Christian man. These but.
0: singers, bro. These fucking singers. Dude, you know, they like kind of like sometimes worship you like gods. Like, fuck, man. I'm in rather fucking
1: Bible. Peeps chant for Ozzy and she asks Sharon, why do they see him like that? She says, well, I think they still see him as the working class hero kind of guy. Ozzy talks about how he likes to make people smile, how he's a clown. He shows off this dog. He's, she's like, what kind of dog is that? It's like, it supposed to be a chihuahua, but it looks like a fucking rat. Yeah, I so something got, like that. I
0: think I got fucking ripped off. What the fuck?
1: And then he randomly says, oh, and another thing. I hate farms. I hate everything to do with them. And I hate vacuum cleaners. Not, far- I, not, not- farms, phones. Phones, okay. I, and I then, hate fucking phones.
0: I don't like fucking talking on phones.
1: And then he says, I hate vacuum cleaners. Every time I hear a vacuum cleaner, I just want to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And then, yeah, <gasps> we meet one guy. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of here to see Slayer.
0: Slayer! Slayer, fucking it, Slayer! This
1: was actually re- this was actually really cool. Like Primus is doing this weird sound thing, it's it's like, like Slayer, Slayer's coming, Slayer's coming, and it's like it, and you hear it's like come. Slayer's coming. And it's fucking raining blood and Slayer's you know, just for, doing the, for, doing Slayer. For all my criticisms at Slayer, they will ne- there's a couple things. They're always going to be great in many respects, but Raining Blood, I know it's their most famous song. It's that song is never not going to give me chills. That song is so fucking epic.
0: Whatever. And then we have, it's like, then it's like shots of San Francisco and then
1: dorking around in
0: Alcatraz.
1: Yeah, they're fucking interviewing Slayer on Alcatraz for for no reason, for I guess shock value or whatever. It or is just, 1998. No one cares about Alcatraz anymore.
0: Yeah, that or it's like Bay Area thrash, bro, uh, maybe, I don't know.
1: Dude, Je- not much.
0: Like, dude, Slayer gets a decent G- amount of time. They get like three songs in.
1: They get three songs in and bro, I've never heard Jeff Hanneman talk this much. Dude, like, Hanuman Jeff Hanneman t- was doing all the talking. I he think, was very energetic and enjoying himself. I think I usually Paul hear Bastoff. he's kind of chilling. I heard Paul. I thought I heard Paul Bisoff get in like four words. Yeah, it was mostly Hanneman and Tom. Kerry King didn't even really talk. I know that's a fucking shocker. But, but yeah, and Jeff Jeff just talks. He's like, yeah, we were like the Beatles in Turkey. I guess Turkey gets down for Slayer, and I—that's that, what they were saying too. It's like I guess fucking Turkey really likes Slayer. Jeff says an average day for them is they wake up at about one p.m., they shower, they drink, nap, have
0: some food at some point,
1: and see some girls. And they're like, "What about playing gigs?" He's like, "Well, yeah, we do that too. We do that too." Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah a that's a funny guy. That Hanneman, he's a funny guy.
0: Yeah, I think he was definitely like the good heart and like the friggin' like backbone of Slayer.
1: Tom said once that Hanneman was the kind of guy where he was pretty chill, but if he didn't like you, he wouldn't hang out with you. But. I mean, that's a vibe. That's a vibe. I'm like, bro, <laughs> why should you, if you don't like someone, why should you be hanging out with them? He's the kind of guy, wasn't it a thing we watched for the, yeah, he was like that, Hanneman sounds like he was that guy from Decline of Western Civilization 3, where that, uh, I think it was Squid, where he was like, I just want to say, because Squid seemed like a cool guy, but then he was like, I just want to say, I don't know most of these people, and, and, I'm, and almost none of them are my friends. I don't know who they are. It's just something like that. Hanneman's like that guy. Hey, Hanneman be chilling and ripping it with Slayer, writing like the best Slayer riffs. Then they ask him, hey, have you ever met Ozzy? And Ryan's like, yeah, once. He asked if our stage got hot. And Tom said it got really hot. And that was it. She says, people don't know how to act around Ozzy. And he's like, well, people don't know how to act around Sabbath, period.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like you really don't see him much. They kind of just like pop up near Showtime.
1: What was the uh, What was mid-paced song they played at the end there? That's
0: a fucking, new, that's, that, that's like during like freaking Slayer's new metal era.
1: Oh, that was off uh, uh, 98. So that would have been Diablos off Game Diablos. News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard people tell me for a long time that Divine Retribution is really actually pretty good. But Diablos, Diablos, but Diablos is apparently one that's super divisive. I don't know. Oh, no. it's. I listened to it exactly once, and I can't remember bro, if I hated it or not. Bro,
0: we just got the song, and it just sounded like we just got them playing that song off that record. It's like, this is just a fucking aggro new metal song. This might as well have been Slipknot. Oh, fuck. You're right. Maybe we should check out that album. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. the After,
1: prodigy or fucking Slayer's new metal album? Well, I listened to it once and I don't remember. Let's if do I the really... Prodigy.
0: I'm actually kind of curious. Yeah, we can maybe... we'll do the Slayer New Metal album sometime. Sometime in the
1: future. But yeah, so that was that. Um Slayer always has dope mid paced songs, so I actually thought that sounded cool. Oh, but yeah. Ra- well, I was like, what is this your favorite Slayer song? The fucking uh, New Metal no, song? No, my favorite what is my favorite Slayer song? Might actually be Seasons in the Abyss. That one's really good. South of Heaven's a great one, too. I don't know, man. I love Slayer's Mid-Paste. But anyway, so yeah. Ozzy remembers when he first played the first Black Sabbath record for his his dad. And his dad was like, son, are you sure you're only drinking alcohol? That was funny. Oh, yeah. And then we get the montage of liquor. Yes.
0: White Boy Summer! Summer. Dude, Uh, these are just like montages of people just getting fucking slammed. Claypool's like, I smell, basically was like,
1: I smell pot. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like a rock con. Seems like a rock concert and A we'll see, rock festival And then we we'll see a woman Get carted away Because according to the tech According mm. to the medical guy Either heat stroke Or a drug overdose I feel like it should be An important thing To make that distinction th- Or it could be both yeah. It sounds like it's hot. It's summer and it's hot. We see some folks in there. Oh, yeah, in the medical
0: tent and shit. Yeah. And fucking, we got the one really horny trick for Ozzy. He's like, I want to fuck Ozzy so bad. I would just strip I'm down woman, naked. I'm single, and I'm horny. I'm horny. I think she said this earlier, not right this moment, but she said, and I was like, I would just take off all my clothes until Ozzy's like, I'm right here, Ozzy. Just do your thing. She was really, really horny for Ozzy. <laughs> she was super horny. Like, and then weirdly, really, g- really horny. It's like, it's Ozzy. It's like I don't think of. But it, not- that's just it. It's Ozzy. There is that. It's, it's Ozzy. But like,
1: I feel like this lady is just like, you were really, really into Ozzy. Listen, ma'am, that woman must have just put on. This is ninety-eight, right? So that woman must have just heard "Bark at the Moon" and Mister Crowley. And just was like, I, I I think, I might be wrong, but I think uh, No More Tears was out too. No, Or was that in the 2000s? I don't know. I just know that she was, she yeah, she was wet. Whatever. But and awesome. then
0: we got freaking, sh- and obviously, like, and this is still in the medical tent. And then we get shots of like dudes. Dudes
1: fucked up from the mosh
0: pit. From the mosh pit. One guy, like, didn't they say he had like a two inch cut on his head? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And like the medical staff like, I think he's going to need stitches on that one.
1: And then like literally every single this is where I wrote here in my notes. I should have wrote this earlier. But like every single scene from this documentary at the festival, I'm literally just like, fuck, this is just like when we went to OzFest. It's fucking its just like that. And it fucking sucked. Like, don't get me wrong. Great bands, great music. It's fun. But like, here's the thing. We're lame, okay. We don't party. We don't drink. We don't not do like the drugs. We don't. Yeah, we not don't. Not this
0: white boy summer level. We
1: don't do the drugs. You know. We don't. We don't get random chicks who want to sleep with us. Well, you probably could. No, I don't. But if I didn't, none, if
0: I didn't for like a wow. while. But
1: we're not those kind of folks, you know. So really, we are literally just there to see the bands and maybe buy a couple T-shirts. And
0: then we get a shot of Ozzy walking in, and we just got hello Oz, hello Tom. And Tom and Ozzy are just like chilling, talking about their day. And then they start just jamming Paranoid. Yeah,
1: they practice Paranoid. Yeah, like. That was cool. It's literally just, yeah, freaking like, Iommi's just playing it and Ozzy's just singing over it. He said something like, oh, Tom, we meet, uh, Tony, we meet again. How many times is this now? You know, just stuff like that. I just know it's just like the best. It's like, hello, Oz. Hello, Tom. (laughs) Hello, Tom. I love these guys. I love Black Sabbath. These guys seem like really chill like Englishmen. And then for some fucking reason the documentary decided to dedicate like... It felt like 10, but I think it was only less than five minutes. There was a freak show gimmick booth. There was some Bob Flanagan exhibitionist bullshit going on right here. We got this
0: dude just showing off his body torture freak show thing where he's got like cinder blocks hanging off his nipples and hanging off his tongue. And then he starts drilling through his fucking through his nose and stuff
1: and sticking shit up his nose. I'm going to be honest with you. I looked away and fast forwarded through most of it.
0: See, I like was able to watch her first time and I'm like, all right, all right. But then like second time, it's like, I know what's here. There's fucking nothing. I'm just going to skip forward. Like,
1: oh, I'm thinking about it now. My whole body's just, yeah. You were fucking, what
0: are you? you fucking pussy. You can't some dude drilling his fucking face, bro. N- yes. <laughs> yes, I was. I was the biggest, loosest
2: vagina Ah yes, oh how much can my nipples take? Will it handle a cinder block? Oh yes, look at me dangle these Jesus off my titties. Christ,
1: man! Ah, oh, look now at listen. this long
2: look at this long knife! Now how listen. far will it go up my nose? Will it hit my brain? We'll all find out. I should point out. Hey, little lady, you want to come and assist me in the middle of He like, you had know? fucking people staple a shirt to him! Ah uh, yes, come on, staple me! Ah, uh, oh, yes, come on, staple me some more. Oh, oh yes! Come on, staple me some more. I was like, "Can I please stop?" No, no, no! Come on, you know, just one more,
1: just one more. Now let me, now let me say something here. I have nothing but respect for exhibitionists and body performers. I understand. The, but it's okay to say, it's like, you know, it's not my it's thing. It's not my thing. It really isn't. I don't want to watch Bob Flanagan hammer a nail into his penis while he sings, If I Had a Hammer.
2: Oh, if I had the hammer. Come on, watch me as I nail this nail into my nose. Click, 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 click. Ooh. Oh, you can see it right there. Oh, blah, 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 blah. stop. Blah. Ah. God.
1: Oh.
0: You're really cringing at me Just describing bro, it it
1: doesn't look nice It doesn't look pleasant
0: Yeah and he like He's got like Fucking his like face Looks all like bloody And, and that shit. guy probably Still gets
1: more chicks than us You know what bro <laughs> I'm good I, I don't I'm, Oh dude the chicks That he could get Would scare me You know what I'm good bro I'm fine And then here comes Rob Zombie I've already made my opinions on Rob Zombie known. I like him. He runs together a lot and he kind of puts out the same stuff. But But you do like Rob Zombie. But I do like Rob Zombie. Yes, I like him a lot. And he says they have the best and worst spot on the bill because they're right before Black Sabbath. And he's like, well, that's cool because it's night. But it also kind of sucks because we're right before Black Sabbath and that's the band everyone came here to see. And plus, they've been out in the sun all day, so people are getting impatient. Did he gets on stage? And he says, "And he yeah, like he also has the playoff slayer
0: too." Oh, dude, yeah, I, which is crazy to think. I, but hey, you got fucking pogo dancers and a big elaborate show, so visually you could keep me entertained. Like musically, I don't think you can keep me entertained.
1: But Dragula is a did cool you, song. Did you ever? Did we ever talk about the Rob Zombie show we went to we went on like the two. show? We went like to two. Well no, he we went to There's two, like but I'm talking about the, the one in our local like area. The,
0: yeah, and like the one that had no props. I'm like, what a rip. <laughs> and then we had like the fucking like peeps from like our high school that were just trying to like tear it up in the pit. I'm Being just like
1: dumb white boys. I'm like, dude, fuck dude, total white boys summer right there. I'm just like, bruh. Don't get me wrong. I jumped in the pit for a second when he started playing that Ramon song. But then I think a little before or after that, he played James Brown's Sex Machine. He was was, doing something. He was doing something. But yes, so he's talking about that. Then he gets on stage and he's like, fuck Woodstock. Fuck that MTV bullshit. I'm like, didn't White Zombie play at Woodstock 94? Yeah, but it's
0: Woodstock 99, and he thinks Ozfest is way more popping.
1: No, I remember. No, because Woodstock 99, that was a weird one. They had like, that's the one where.
0: Metallica.
1: Metallica. That's Limp the one Biscuit. where. That's the one where. DMX. D- that's the one where Fred Durst surfed on the plywood. But yeah, those yep. guys. Were there. Dave Matthews Band was there. Yep. <laughs> so, yes, he says all that. Then he basically, and Rob Zombie's like, no, I like it here. You know, there's no egos. Everyone's chill. Zarom Zombie's weird. I never thought he had an ego, but there's—I don't know. There's just always something that felt like vaguely kind of pretentious. There's an ego. So then, uh, then Dean plays Dracula. Like, literally, he comes off kind of like a little egotistical. A little bit, but it's like in a subtle way. Like, the system of
0: down dudes seem cool. Yeah, they are. Static X dudes seem cool. Slayer dudes seem
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe. I don't know.
1: The The Slumdog guys are kind of cool. They just like to keep to themselves.
0: Yeah, a lot of it just seems like cool to keep to themselves. Rob Zombie seems like he's like... A little up on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, think, he's thinking. He's like, he's trying. He, he feels like he's thinking different. No, don't get
1: me wrong. Rob Zombie has a legacy. He deserves it. But yeah.
0: And then he like brings in Jack and there was a couple more yeah, shots Jack
1: of Osborne. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then a couple more shots of tits. And like, yeah, Jack, you like tits, right? And he's like, yeah, I, I like tits. This is a very young Jack. And I'm sure he <laughs> yeah. saw a
1: lot of tits that day. He saw many. I'm sure he saw many tits. So then we get to a point where um, Sharon apparently says, I think Ozzy asked her once. He she was like, uh, would you do it all again? And she says, I don't know if I could hand take it. And then Ozzy says, I talked to folk, to some people who have said, you know, they've been married for so many old years, and they're like, oh, I've never had a cross word, you know. And Ozzy's like, and Ozzy's like, well, you must be living on a different fucking planet. You know, sometimes we wake up, I see her, I'm like, you fucking, fucking asshole. asshole. And then she looks at me and she and says, like, you, you fucking asshole. asshole. And then she farts and turns over and goes back to sleep. How do you not love Ozzy? Dude, well, I love Ozzy. No, no not I... you specifically. I mean just anybody.
0: Like, Sharon, I could uh, like I could dislike Sharon, but, like, Ozzy
1: fucking with Sharon, that's like... I think he likes it, though. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. As anyone will know, without Sharon, he would have been dead by now. But, yes. like, you, you know he loves that woman, but at the same time, they just complete each other, man. So yeah,
0: Ozzy like, has then, a quick thing where he talks about like critics and the criticism where he says like, yeah, yeah, no, every song we put out an album, they say it like sucks. And then like they say our shows are horrible. But then when we actually get one good review, it's like, fuck, man, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. We got to get back to what we're doing.
1: There's a what point. Is this? They, they have some audio of Les Claypool. He says, when you see Black Sabbath tonight, your hormones are going to go crazy and you're going to have a raging boner. Ozzy talks about some like pre- his pre-show jitters. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy Osbourne and all the other guys, but Ozzy Osbourne uh, especially gets stage fright. Crazy. Then Sabbath uh, comes on. They play Cradle to the from Cradle to the Grave. Ozzy is hopping around the stage like a rehabilitated bunny rabbit. And then people set some shit on fire. Rob Zombie's parting words for this documentary are everything everyone is doing, you know, you know, they're doing everything that uh, they've done because he feels like Black Sabbath wrote all the cool songs. So everyone here is just p- kind of playing their songs just slower, faster. So he looks in the camera and he's like, thanks for not suing us for stealing all your stuff. Sure. Sure. We see some girls saying, we love you, Ozzy. Love you. If you sign our tits, we'll get them tattooed. Like, yeah, me and her will totally have a hot threesome with you. And yeah. your wife Ozzy, can watch. Ozzy, we're sisters. We want to have a threesome with you. And we want your wife to watch as Slayer plays in the background.
0: I'm like, dude, this fucking lady really, really wants to have hot sex with like Ozzy.
1: Oh my God. And then, yeah, they play Ozzy throws water at people. Everyone is like, fuck yeah, we love Ozzy. And I'm like, you know, I do too. And then probably, I'm going to assume in an unintentional callback to the second movie, she asks, do you see yourself as a living legend? Cause in the second one, you know, she asked him, how does it feel to be a living legend? And he says, he says, I think Ozzy Osbourne's the luckiest son of a bitch in the world. And then we cut to the plane. He kisses Sharon, says he loves her. And the documentary ends with, Parano- Black Sabbath playing "Paranoid" as the credits roll. After which, that we the oh finals... man,
0: Sabbath sounded sick in this
1: documentary. Oh, fuck though. yeah, they did. Yeah, dude, that's the weird thing. Again, it feels a little unfocused because at first I thought, oh, this is just about Ozfest, but then it turned into, oh, this is a day at Ozfest. To, oh yo, this is a song. This is a thing about a love letter to Ozzy. To yo, Black Sabbath is fucking sick. So the general theme. Of the documentary It's Black animal. Sabbath and Ozfest. Yes, and Ozzy. So yeah. Oh, and then after the credits, there's a little funny thing where Ozzy and Sharon walk home. He tries to give her a flower. He's like, Sharon, this is for you. She's like, I'm piss off. And then <sighs> the, and then the last shot in the decline of Western civilization cinematic universe is Ozzy pissing in his own front yard. And then as he walks inside, he says. He said, something, he said something like, uh, uh, you know, don't be strangers now. And then he closes the door. Don't be strangers now. So, yes, that was We Sold Ourself for Rock and Roll. Uh, it's a good documentary. I, I don't know if I can call it the best one of the four. Which is the best one out of the four? I don't know because the first one, the is... the third is
0: the most mature and like how yeah. like and like how it's done, like technically how it's done. So in some ways, it's and that it's definitely one. compelling and like how shocking. But the yeah. one that's like I would say the most entertaining is the second one. Yes, that one definitely you can like
1: put that on and like. But the first, but the first like one, you can
0: like you, there won't be a point where you feel like it slows down. Oh, well, dude, it'll, no, like, it'll fuck like obviously it'll piss you off. Like I think the seduce part, like freaking like. Freaking like kind of like might make me feel a little nappy, but everything else. Oh, and fucking Odin, like, and the fucking Gazaris, is <sighs> fucking oh, the Gazaris, freaking rock dancers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But everything else is such on a high though. Yeah. Yeah. And then the first one for just being a documentary, that's just a snapshot of life in Los Angeles at the time for punks and stuff. That was, that was great. Just as like a, like a full on just documentary, you know, documentary. And this one was kind of cool. Um, it just felt a little. I mean, I heard this won an award for best documentary somewhere, but no. Um, I don't know which one of the four is the best one. What do you think? I kind of want to say the second one, but I feel like that's the obvious one. But it's a toss up between that and uh, the third one's really good, and the first gonna, one's great. Like the
0: first. Uh, mm, I'm trying to think which would be like the best. The first one. Because it's gets, between the first three. The first one gets a little boring, though.
1: It does. And like, if you don't like the music, then it just gets boring. And there are some pretty crappy performances, especially by uh, by uh, by the Germs. I feel like the third
0: one is definitely the most compelling, so yeah. I might put third one, second one, the first one. And I guess if you want to put We Sold Our Souls to rock and roll, you could put it
1: at the bottom. I mean, it's just like... I think, you know what? I think that would actually be my list, too. I think three and two might trade spots sometimes, but that would probably definitely be my be my list. But the
0: third one, I feel like you could definitely watch on repeat and stuff, and it doesn't feel compelling and shocking. The yeah. second one can
1: piss you off, though, because, yo, fuck these people. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Um, the only other thing I could think of to say is, I wanted to say this last time, but I forgot she had this documentary. Um... And you know we were gonna do it, so I'm gonna save it now. we only did this once before, and it was a long time ago. But it was always in the back of my mind, and I want to bring up to you. I think we should make Penelope Spheres the second inductee in our Hall of Awesome. Fuck it, I'm cool with that. Yeah, because yo, these she were fucking full, rules. The, she rules, and I had a blast watching all four of these movies. Big John from Rock of Love. And Penelope
0: <laughs> are now in the freaking Dr. Death Danger Radio show. Hall, Hall of awesome. awesome.
1: I am completely down with that. I don't know when we'll meet someone else as cool as them, but. They're it, fucking great. Whatever. Next time, listeners, we're taking a break from listening to Iced Earth because Iced
0: Earth sucks to listen <laughs> to fucking prodigies, the fat of the land. Yes. We will then we will be reviewing the both episodes of the Brian Pillman Dark Side of the Ring. Yes. Since that's a two-parter, that's gonna take a while to watch. Yeah, but are they like an hour each? Eh, Forty minutes oh, okay. without commercials. That's not too bad. And it's pretty easy watching, dude. I made it through the first one like no problem. Okay. Okay. Like, fucking, holy fuck, dude. Brian Pillman was pulling like some of the hottest chicks. <laughs> like, no, his fucking, like, last wife was like a fucking stripper. And, like, the first thought you see is like, holy
1: fuck, dude. Those are some tits, bro. He has the same kind of energy that, like, Dean Ambrose has. Just like that kind of, that kind of, like, sketchy, possibly scumbag kind of crazy guy. Well, no, no. He, Except that's no, he, actually
0: who he is. No, he became crazy as it went on. Other than mm-hmm. that, we'll be back. No Bret Michaels, unless we want to try But no, we've got like two episodes of Brian Pillman. So yeah, that will be next time on the show. Other than that, listeners, this is the Dr. Danger Radio Show. Have a good one.
1: Adios.